0: along. And welcome
1: to Film Bastards. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome people to episode 464 of Film Bastards. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by Ian Loring, hello. And we're not joined by Becky yet. I'm pointing to where she will be sat, but she's still on her way home from work, but she will be joining us later. Um, so yeah. So what have we got this week? We've, we've got quite a bit this week, actually, haven't we? Um, we've I, accidentally, I, we're, we're reviewing three movies. Like, But not like why accidentally like we fell into it. It's more that I don't think we like we necessarily realised, or I didn't realise, shit, we're reviewing for three movies this week. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got reviews coming up The Woman King, uh, we have The New Hellraiser, and Amsterdam. Um, plus, we'll have some what you've been watching, uh, and the, the usual bits that we have. Um, I've got. Um, yeah, I've got some London Film Festival coverage coming up as well. Nice. I I rewatch Sausage Party. Uh <laughs> so, Yeah. So we we got that as well. Uh... So yeah, we are a pod uh family podcast. So yeah, go and listen to some of my friends' podcasts. and Land Phil, his film, her movie, Iron Sequel, Chintzuff versus Punter, and there's there's a few other ones that I will, I am inevitably forgetting. But go and listen to those. Um,
2: yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna be on the Iron Sequel. Uh, we're planning on recording in November. Um, I won't reveal what the film is, but it's one that's very very near and dear to my heart. I think you know what it is. I think I do, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to listening to that. Yeah,
1: nice. <laughs> um so yeah, so yeah, go listen to that. Go listen to that before Ian gets there uh, as well, and go listen, go back and listen on my one that I did on it because it's fucking great. Oh, fucking right, yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so we've got all of that to come. Um, if you want to uh, have more of us, we've just recorded the first episode of Lock Stock and Three Smoking Bastards, uh, where we chatted Lock Stock uh, and Two Smoking Barrels. So you can go listen to that. It's just uh, two pounds a. Month and you get more of us, so why the fuck not? Um, And we do, we we, we genuinely appreciate um, that. We also appreciate if you want to give Leavers reviews, feedback, or anything like that, and we appreciate all of that. So now all that's out of the way. What's been happening in the film news this week, Ian?
2: Smile posted the second, what the best second weekend drop for a horror film since Get Out. Fuck. And it was good. I didn't realise it was like, get out levels. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah. I mean, fair fair play to it. And as well as that, a film, I had no idea if the original existed, but a film called Terrifier 2, a two and a half hour long slasher about a Evil clown, I believe, um, broke the US top ten and did over a million this last weekend. Um oh proving once again that horror can be king. Uh
1: I have not seen Terrifier, but I have seen I've seen the poster
2: a lot, if that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Two hundred it's like two hours twenty three minutes. I think the sequel is. You know, it is. Yeah, cost yeah. two hundred
1: and fifty grand to make. It's made over a million.
2: I mean, well done to all involved. You know, like that. But, but I mean, but also with Smile. You know, I mean, like obviously we reviewed it last week, and I think there was some, there was some general variation in in how the the three of us took to it. But I, I just, it's so. Odd how there are so many box office stories of things doing surprisingly well and things completely shitting the bed, and it feels like nothing is just ticking along at the moment. Um, even though I say that, I say that, and I'm talking out my ass. Bullet Train just um crept over 100 million in the US, um, you know, and I mean, that thing opened to about 30, 35, so it's having a perfectly decent multiplier, mm. um. And it, yeah i it, it just I find it fascinating and just with with smile how very very clever marketing and decent word of mouth, not even absolutely stunning word of mouth, but decent word of mouth can do what it's doing I mean barbarian is at about thirty five million in the u s and they almost chucked that on streaming. smile was made for streaming, and they decided to go theatrical and it, it that, uh,
1: smile. Conceivably, could cross 100 yeah, a hundred
2: million. Yeah, yeah. They they're, they're predicting between. Well, I mean, in the US, they're predicting between ninety and one hundred and ten. Jeez. You know, like so. I it, it. I mean, it's just incredible work there, um, and it just goes to show that horror will sell. You know, and I mean, we've got Halloween Kills coming out this weekend, going to Peacock as well as cinemas in the US, but also just coming out in cinemas in the UK. Um, and that one's going to be interesting. If anyone's seen it, they're un- under embargo. There has been no word about it whatsoever. <laughs> um, no, no, to the, it, to the, to the point, to the point of where when we saw the trailer for it um,
1: in before Amsterdam and it, it, it came with the date, and when it came out, I turned to Becky and went,
0: fuck off! <laughs> it snuck
1: up, though, eh? Hey? Yeah, to which she kind of looked at me and went, what? It's like, "Halloween ends is out on, like, Friday? she went, why did you tell me to fuck off, though?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair question. Um, but no, I mean, it, I don't know. Like, it feels like... October's turned into a decent month. I mean, in the UK, Smile, okay, it's like the last day of September it came out, but Smile, Halloween Kills, Barbarian comes out October 28th, um, Pray for the Devil uh, comes out at the end of the month as well. Um, it just, it's a good time to be a big screen horror fan again. Um, and it, 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 it's one of those things where it's like people like watching these things with an audience. It's the kind of thing that is going to get people to go back to the cinema and re- remember the experience of the cinema and specifically teenagers yeah. who maybe don't have that connection with the cinema but actually do then get that, oh shit, this is this stuff fun to watch with the crowd kind of thing. So, you know, hats off to, to the folks behind Smile. I bet a month ago they never thought anything like this was going to happen and I hope people are making bank because they, they deserve it. Well done.
1: Yep. And I, I I hope it gets a sequel and they can go, fuck, this is awesome.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. Um Okay, some nasty shit seems to be coming out about Brad Pitt, even though it's kind of been bubbling under the surface for a good long while. Um interesting that plan b not only produced blonde but also women talking um that kind of feels like are they going to have brad pitt out there talking about women talking
0: hmm
2: probably not um
1: that, to be fair he yeah. does tend to stay away from his producer stuff though
2: he does he does he does um but yeah, I mean, let's let's see what comes out of that. I mean, like to be to be fair, apparently Dip Pit is admitted like that he, you know, alcohol was playing a factor at that time, and he's he's cleaned up his act since and whatnot. But I, I don't know, it's a it's a nasty thing. Anyway, moving on. Um, oh shit, we haven't actually talked about this on the show, I don't think. Ooh god, because we didn't do news last week, so. We finish an Apes Marathon and obviously Fox were listening because they make these decisions within the space of a month. Yeah, um, And Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes st- has started production in Australia. It is a new chapter picking up from war. Um, it is to be directed by Wes Ball of the Maze Runner films. Um, so dude can shoot action and yep. knows how to work with effects uh, which is fantastic um, and stars Owen Teague as the lead ape uh, who I'm assuming will be Cornelius um, and uh, there's a blonde woman in it whose name I can't find right now but I'm assuming she's going to be grown up Nova mm.
1: um, yeah yeah there's, a definite, fo- yeah, there's a definite look of oh, go on then fair
2: enough yeah <laughs> Yeah. I hope she's the only human character. Let's go. Yep. I like to think that there was somebody sat there
1: with them going, we need to work out when we're going to launch that we're doing this, because no one really fucking knows about it and we've kept it nicely secret. And then someone's walked in and gone, the podcast I'm listening to has just said there's fucking no way they're going to do another fucking apes movie with with this lot, and they've gone, now, launch it now. Yeah. It's the yep. influence we have. We we have such influence that movie studios want to make us look silly.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, Fast Eight. Yep. Fate, I called it. Yep. Like way you, before they they you, you said anything you about
1: that. it. You called it when we reviewed number seven.
2: <laughs> Fucking right I did, son. Fucking right I did. Um and now, you know, Uncle Vin, obviously big fan. Yeah. Was listening. Um, and, uh, yeah. And apes, you know, they, they've, they've been listening. Finally, that guy who likes apes on Twitter covered the apes films deploy kingdom of the planet of the apes. Yeah. Listeners, you are welcome.
1: Yes. It's, it's, we, we do
2: this so that we can
1: give film to you.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, I need Black Adam to come out so I can never hear about it again. <laughs> it's the thing is, there's a few things like I, I'm looking at it I, every
1: time we got the cinema. I'm getting the Black Adam trailer no matter what I see. That I'm now convinced that I'm going to go and see Black Adam and I'm going to get a Black Adam trailer before it.
2: Oh, I'm 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 pretty sure that what was supposed to be footage of Robert De Niro reenacting a speech at the end of Amsterdam. I got a trailer for Black Adam then. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me.
1: I, it wouldn't surprise me if literally during Black Adam it stopped and we got a fucking trailer again. Yeah. Or or a little fucking like a little thing will pop across the bottom of the screen that will be the rock selling me something.
2: Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. During, like, the Warner Brothers um, production logo at the start, I'll have a little ad for Zoa energy drink at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just... I need it to fuck off. I don't know what the Twitter algorithm is doing at the moment, but I swear to God every fifth tweet I see is someone talking about Black Adam and how Superman's gonna be in Black Adam and they're so pumped that Dwayne Johnson demanded that Superman be in it. I just no, I know Uh I hope that's just not true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need I need it I need that film to come out. I fucking need that film to come out. And like it is as Noel has termed it, like absolute contractual obligation that I'm going to go see Black Adam, but I just need it to come out so that the Rock can just go- move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, I can,
1: I can have another three months of just peace before he comes out to the next thing that he's going to shill to me.
2: Yeah, fucking right, absolutely. Oh my god. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, sorry, you're hosting. So. I am, yeah. Trailers.
1: Um, I didn't think there was many. And now I've looked at where I usually watch trailers and gone, wow, well, I'm a prick. There's loads. Uh, Ian, yeah, yeah, I think there's quite a
2: few. <laughs> what have you watched? Um, so uh, I, speaking of woman talking, uh, a trailer came out for that earlier today. Um, looks a little vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I, but I mean, it does. Don't get me wrong; it looks like a very worthwhile film. Um, it looks a little vegetables. Um, but we, you know, we we shall see. It's a film that you know is going to be vegetables. You know, yeah. it just is. So that that th- there we go. It, it just yeah, it is what it is. I'm I'm interested that yeah,
1: because it is going through vegetables. But I'm interested that it, it's it's only an hour forty five mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: which feels like that feel that feels like like like, like all right, but you're it, you know that, that Sarah Polly has made a film and that is the film that she wanted to make it's not coming at like two and a half hours or anything like that so that that makes me go ooh all right i'm I'm a little bit more yeah, I, I, I can. I'm, 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 I'm digging that that runtime. <laughs>
2: um, sorry, I just had a an email from a LFF press person saying saying we are so glad that you attended the world premiere of a Spy Among Friends on Friday. How was that? What? <laughs> I kind of feel like I need to reply back to this guy and say, no, I didn't. Didn't you? <laughs> did I? I don't
1: know. It could be some kind of fucking Tyler Durden thing going on.
2: Oh, that's a worry. Right, anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> Ian has a Tyler Durden that just goes and watches fucking espionage films. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, yeah. <laughs>
1: you're um... going to get an iTunes notification and go, I am fuck, did
2: I... Where the fuck have I rented? Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Right. No, we were we were around our friend's house on Friday. I definitely didn't pass out and go to <laughs> London. My body was there. Um. Anyway, sorry. Um. Okay. So, uh, I saw a trailer for a film called Spoiler Alert, which is a film I will never watch. <laughs> um I when you watch a trailer for a film that you know you're not gonna watch and you get halfway through it and go, Yeah, I'm not gonna watch this So yeah, I mean it's um him from the Big Bang Theory. Um starts going out with a guy and then the guy I, I think they get married and then the guy's like dying of cancer or something.
1: Yeah, I did see this one actually.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I I didn't yeah, no, I I don't need to watch that <laughs>
2: No, no, no. Um Yeah, there you go. Spoiler alert. Well done everyone. Um so, and as, actually I suppose this is a, this is tied to a bit of news. Um Apple have decided that that they will release Emancipation this year. We have a teaser trailer and it comes out on Apple TV in December. Um yep. Looks color graded to within an inch of its life. Yeah. It um does doesn't it? It just looks un- unnatural, which for a film where it kind of feels like they want you to feel like you're there in the dirt, feels like a weird choice.
1: It, it does. It, it, I, actually, I did see this one actually as well. It, it It's an odd... I'm just... I'm not sure this is going to be one of those ones that's actually a bit crap. Um, but people don't want to say that it's crap. <laughs> But the the Will Smith just, element might help out with that. I think it's just going to get ignored. The thing is with it, it, you know, it's it's Antoine Fuqua who I'm a I'm a big fan of. But I don't know, it just about it just doesn't look right.
2: Yeah, I mean, like uh, there. Was there's there's some speculation that basically apple have gone look let's release this now because we've got quite a lot of stuff next year and let's maybe see what we can do with this but then just focus on other things i my my mind's blanking out but you got you got the new scorsese you got the new fincher um there's like one or two others that apple have got next year that are going to be huge um, and it it just like they they are going to be busy bees, yeah. so why not just put out Emancipation now and see what they can do with it? Mm. Um, yeah, I even though I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement of Bad Boys Four before it comes out. Ooh. Get people feeling positive about Will Smith again. I could see it. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Could see it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's emancipation. What else have we got? Uh, da, 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 da. Bones and all. Um, yeah, I'm up for it. Why yeah. not? Again, I've. And uh, apparently, I it's good. One. Yeah, I, I was. I, I
1: would watch it going. Yeah, I watch that. Not like super pumped, but I watch that. It didn't yep. make me go. I can't even over this anymore.
2: <laughs> which some trailers are doing at the moment. Yeah, um, shotgun wedding. Which, if you didn't know the title, you would never ever guess what was going to happen in the second half of the trailer with the first half of the trailer. I mean, pretty pretty spectacular about face. It is, yes. It,
1: it, it, but it did make me... When I when I started to watch the trailer, I was like, there's got to be summit here because this doesn't feel like something that Jennifer Lopez would be doing now. It's like she's done all that. She doesn't need this shit anymore.
2: <laughs> and then... Guns and Jennifer Coolidge firing shit. Yeah. It looks... Utterly disposable and it looks like the kind of thing that if it was released fifteen years ago would make two hundred million dollars at the US box office. And would have three sequels. Yeah. Yeah. And would still have starred Jennifer Coolidge
1: in the same role she's in now.
2: <laughs> yeah, prob probably, probably, yeah. Yes. I mean that is quite that is kind of wild that like twenty over twenty years ago she was Stifler's mum. Yeah. And like she could probably still play Stifler's mom now. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that
1: I always find about, amusing about Jennifer Coolidge is I once saw an interview with her um, and the interviewer's kind of asked and said, you know, are you... Um, you know, does it bother you that you're just constantly referred to as Stifler's mom?" And she, her response was... Do you know how much of a career being Stifler's mom has given me? Yeah. Do you know how many houses I have because I'm Stifler's mom? <laughs> no, I do not care at all. It's like I am tempted to, when I have a gravestone, rather than say my name, just have it say Stifler's mom. <laughs> I just thought that. Bravo! You are, you are a
2: hundred percent. Aware of of, of your place in popular culture. Well played. (laughs) It's going to be a fucking sad day when Jennifer Coolidge goes. Yeah. Like yeah, fair play. I mean, it's like Eugene Levy as well, isn't it? It, It's like I—he turned up for like a lot of American Pie sequels, and it's like, why the fuck not? And we didn't mention that in news, did we? Oh, that they're doing—they're kind of rebooting American Pie. They're doing an, an, a a a was it fifth movie? Is it now? Yeah. But what is it with the original cast? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it started. I think it, I think it started
1: production. Um, they, did, yeah, they did. there was like a photo going around of them saying um, like the the, the cast took all with the exception of uh, there was no. Kevin, uh, in it. It uh, wasn't in the photo, but hasn't been confirmed that he's not going to be in the film, just that he might not have been available at that point.
2: But yeah, they're doing a new one. Oh, God, it's not going to be their kids getting into American Pie-esque mishaps. It, 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 we're, we're not that old, are we? I don't think we're quite that old Not near,
1: though, eh? It won't be that far off, yeah. But yeah, the it was... Um... Where is it? Yeah, it's in in development, um, and apparently will start shooting uh, either late this year or next year. Fucking hell! All right, but it's green lit and everything. It's it's
2: it's happening. It's a happening. Well, I mean, shit, man. They say that big screen comedy is in trouble, but one way one way of really testing that is doing another American Pie film. I must say. Because like American Reunion did well,
1: um, I, I I liked American Reunion. It I thought it was fun. I've watched it quite a few times. To be honest,
2: uh, I like I like all four of those films. Yep, I mean, American Reunion, you know, even American.
1: Budget fifty million did did over two hundred million.
2: Yeah, I mean it, yeah, I mean American Pie the Wedding's not great, but you've got that incredible sequence where um. They're doing the bachelor party, but then Fred Ward and his mississa there as well, and it's uh, the kind of like the dominatrix woman, kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know, that that, that suits funny. Um,
1: it, I, I, I think that American Pie, yeah, American Wedding is one of those ones where it, it it's actually better than you remember it being.
2: <laughs> but I mean, like, just you add Fred Ward's. No, Fred... Wh- why am I saying Fred Ward? He's the guy from Tremors. Fucking Fred Willard. Yes. Um. He, yeah, he's... Um, Alison Hannigan's dad in American Wedding. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that guy, absolute gold. Fucking heartbreaking on Modern Family when he's, like, close to death and he just looks really gaunt, but he's still got it. Um, But yeah, yeah. anyway. um, Cool. Yeah, American Pie 5. Wow. Um, What's it going to be like? American Funeral? Turns out one of them died off screen. Might be like like Kevin in there. (laughs) Yeah, bloody right. Um, Okay, what else we got? Uh, Oh, Violent Night? I haven't seen this one, but
1: yeah. Is it, it... I'm guessing it's a, I'm guessing it's a straight to a streaming service Christmas. It's not adult Christmas movie. Is it not? Is it? Out Universal.
2: The Uni- yeah, yeah, man. In December, Universal were giving it a wide release.
1: Ah, oh, fucking yes.
2: Bring it! I don't care. I don't care
1: about <laughs> a trailer. Bring it on. I mean, oh, all my Robert shit!
2: Is Santa Claus what
1: everyone's favorite's in it? Fuck off! Everyone's favorite is in it. Am I ringing the cam bell? <laughs> you fucking will be. Bop, 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 bop.
2: Everyone's fucking favourites there. He's there, yeah. Oh, my beautiful Shigande. Oh, I'm so Fuck. excited now. Oh, God, is he pl- Oh, if he's playing one of John Leguizamo's henchmen. Oh, my God.
1: It doesn't say what his character's playing. <laughs> Fuck. But he is listed under John John Leguizamo.
2: Oh yeah! All right, good seasons, beatings. Let's go. What what I will say there is weirdly um, so, <laughs> so, on a podcast I was
1: listening to, um, Cam Gadandit got mentioned on it, um, and my my without even blinking, and I was in the shower, I was listening to this podcast. When everyone's favourite, <laughs>
2: oh. everyone's favourite. Yeah, fuck. That's exciting. I I like the look of the trailer. It this this looks like a lot of fun. Donna said she wants to go to the cinema to watch it, and it's like what you know. But the David Harbour connection, I think, is playing quite strong there, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I'm oh fuck, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I I'm,
1: I'm sold. <laughs> I'm just absorbed not even watching the trailer.
2: Oh, good stuff. Right. Um, um, Apart from what I assume is the big one, that's all I've watched. Yes. Uh, I think it is all I have watched too. Yes. So just the big one left to go. All right. So he has spent months practicing the voice studying the the great charles martinet and really trying to create something that you've never heard in the mario world before chris Patt's talking like himself in the super mario brothers movie but like slightly higher a little bit slower Mushroom Kingdom here we go right he sounds like like a baked Chris Pratt yep yep right okay I'm I'm just going to get it out of the way maybe I don't want him to sound like Charles Martinet for a couple of hours but god knows I don't want him to sound like fucking Chris Pratt for for a couple of hours like Let's try and let's try and have. I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today where they went, oh, people were saying he was such great casting for the Lego Movie. Why is that? Because he's playing a purposefully bland and generic character in that fucking film. So yeah, he's perfect. He's I don't know, like it just he doesn't look that voice doesn't fit with that fucking face. No, it doesn't. In any walk of life, it doesn't fit with that face. But saying that." I think the art style looks brilliant. The section of the trailer before Mario turns up. Yes, please. Jack Black as Bowser into it. I am up for this film. And it just pains me that genuinely the thing I'm most not up for for this film is the thing you're probably going to have to hear the most.
1: <sighs> yeah, I just I just don't know whether I can be asked, but I will watch it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I love me a bit of Mario, and like, uh, uh, I I think every single kid at Lottie's school will watch it. So, lots will want to go and see it. Um... And it, yeah, I don't know. I think it. I, I think it could be fun. That's the thing. And it's made by Illumination, and I like quite a lot of what those people put out. So I, you know, I'm up for that. But yeah, yeah. I just the the Chris Pratt of it, and I know. I know it's like a lot of people are harping on online about it, and like Chris Pratt's not generally liked but and it's like i'm not i'm not it's not like i'm precious about mario but it's just like that voice just doesn't fit that fucking face No, it, it almost in the trailer as well it almost feels like they're not wanting to give you a lot of chris pratt speaking <laughs> no i mean that there, there's that as well i don't, it's just like the fact that he came out and said, I've been working on The Voice and it's like nothing you've ever heard in the Mario world. And it's like, well, yeah, no, I haven't heard Chris Pratt in the Mario world. Well done, Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, <know? laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a bit like, you meant that way too literally, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair play. You can't say, well, look, I didn't lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he doesn't lie. It's like,
1: uh, it is. It, it, it's, it, it's completely different to normal Mario or anything that you'd expect from what I've said. It's just me talking. Yeah. Yeah. Should we review a film? Yeah. Let's review a fucking film. Um, so, we're going to review The Woman King uh, first of our uh, our triple banger of, uh, of films uh, that we're reviewing as our main features. Uh, so, I'm trying to get up the IMDb. Um, so, it is... Um, Written by Dana Stevens, uh from a story by Dana Stevens and Maria Bello, which still blows my mind. Um mm-hmm. it's by uh Gina Prince um By the Woodwood. I am I am saying that right. I am not like just fucking yeah, imagining... Bywood, yeah. Got fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Usually I am bad at these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, stars by Lola Davis, um Thuso, uh Maybadu, uh L- Lynch, uh John Boyega. And a bunch of you know of other people as well. Um, what does IMDb say? The plot is a historical epic inspired by true events uh, that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. Uh, which yeah, fair enough. That's, that's that's not exactly detailed, but it's also kind of what is there. Um, we'll get more into the plot as we get into the film. Um, Ian, the, the woman
2: king, uh, thoughts. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I don't think it's an absolute banger, and I think that A plus cinema score in the US. I mean, good good on the film. I think that that is wild. Um, but I, I I I liked it. I I do have issues with it. Um, but also. This film was made right when Omicron was surging. It was filmed in South Africa and about three weeks into production, they had to halt for like a month and a half. And then they weren't sure whether it was going to go back, go back on again. Uh, this is information from from blank check, because they covered it a couple of weeks back. Um, and when they resumed shooting, it was like, right, we can't have as many extras as we wanted. And generally things can't be as grand. And I think that does bleed through into the film. It has some badass moments to it, but maybe not enough for what the trailer was selling. Because the trailer is like, witness the most badass female warriors in history. It's like, they are badass. But I'm not quite, quite feeling that absolute punch that you're wanting to do, but knowing all this covid related stuff it is kind of like all right i can kind of understand why you weren't able to quite do go, go to the place that this film was aching to go to my bigger problem with it is that there is a romantic subplot in this film which literally adds nothing but time yes and i get again i get why they did it they're wanting to appeal to as wide a demographic as possible But it, like, by the end, when he fucks off and she's just like, yeah, see you later, it is just like, right, what was the point of any of that then? He didn't help. And we just get some, you know, they got decent enough chemistry together, but two good looking people being half naked and shit with each other. Like, that's not too hard to do. Um, and I would have rather it kept the focus on the woman king a bit more, if I'm honest. Not as much Viola Davis in this as I expected. No, there's 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 not. I, I was a
1: little bit hmm. Yeah, there's 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 not a great deal of the woman king in this. She no. literally disappears for a good a good like twenty five thirty minutes at one point. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of the, the like you said that little the luxury bit. It it, it it adds nothing. It goes nowhere, and it pulls you out of the movie way too much. That uh, it, it becomes a bit of a distraction, and it in what is I, like just full on the table. I I enjoyed uh, the Woman King. I I'm not a massive fan of historical epics. I find them quite tiresome. Um at, at points to be honest. Um and every time this kind of got me um with, with I, I, I was interested in this movie, it then went in a direction that was not very interesting. Um there's like said, there's far too much of that of that story uh within it. Um and there's far too much of just of them doing the same thing repeated. Quite a lot of that, that that kind of bugged me. But when it's when it's on song, when it's going for it, and there's when there's the action bits and bits in it, it it's it's really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, weirdly, I I have and I've not seen anywhere near it because I. Val Davis, I've been a fan of Val Davis for since she was character actor, cropping up in the background of things, and I watch it going when I, I you, when you saw her as like seventh or eighth build, and you're watching Summer like back in the DVD days when you saw Val Davis, you're like, oh, all right, fucking fair enough, this have kind of Summer, at least. Yeah. Um, so granted, she's the woman king; she's getting a lot of attention for it. Thusa uh, Umbuedu is getting uh again legitimately a lot of credit for it um Lashana Lynch isn't getting mentioned anywhere near enough she's fucking great in this
2: she fucking rules in yeah.
1: this like you watch it going she's, she's not only doing like the action bits and doing it it fantastically which is no real surprise to be honest but She's also getting quite a bit of the, the dramatic lifting, there as well. Yeah, you know it's the the stand up and fucking take notice moment the the, the fucking high point um, of the movie. You know, doesn't have um, Viola Davis in it.
2: Oh, it, what like when Lashana Lynch is killed?
1: Yeah. It, that is yeah. really you know that whole little sequence there is really well done but the yeah it is the actual the selling of it from um, lynch and um and where it is is really fucking good like you it, it's a you, you're pinned back in your seat at that going all right fucking hell it, it it's <laughs> It'd be so easy for that to appear, ott or like it's 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 trying too hard. It doesn't. It is just you know the fucking screen that she gives off is fucking all right then.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's 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 a very you know. I'm mean gonna be nice to say that the worst performances in this movie are whenever a guy turns up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, the... Yeah. The, 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 the bad... You know, the bad... Um, Oye d- dude that Philo Davis is after, he's all right in it. Um, but the two fucking French guys, um, and, I, I, and I'm i going to say it, Boyega is not very good in this, I don't think. Um, yeah, the, the, the two French dudes are, are, are pretty... Pouring it to be honest.
2: Um, well, I mean, the the the, the woman who it plays like Boyega's wife, who doesn't like the woman king. Yeah, has more presence than Boyega does in this film. And to be fair, I kind of think that might be the point. It, it might be the point,
1: point. I I, I I can absolutely see why you're saying that. However, every time Boyega was on screen. I got a very big whiff of this man knows what our mobile phone is.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair.
1: It's. I am. St- the thing about Boyega is, I don't think he's very good in the Star Wars films. I thought he was brilliant in the Pacific Rim <laughs> um, sequel. Mm. Uh,
0: the
1: the that. A lot of people right now are going fucking hell yeah there was a Pacific Rim sequel wasn't there, <laughs> um, but there's just a part of me that goes it, I just I just not buying him in things a lot of the time and I don't buy him in this.
2: Yeah, that that knows what a mobile phone is. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it it's interesting because it's all it. It's a little bit. He's like the first slightly woke king, where it's like he recognizes that females can be as strong as men, but also that really fucking horrible scene where um uh the woman king's daughter passes the trial, and then he's just like, if you weren't so strong, I'd make you one of my wives, <laughs> um and it, it you know it it just it's you know the um I'm. It's almost like the woke of the time, where it's like, I'm so woke, I'm going to let this woman die for me instead of being my wife, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, there is an element. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Um, it's... The action of it's great. The the acting of it's great. Um, there's... As always with historical epics, there's an awful lot of um, artistic license taken with history. Um, but I think they do they do about a good enough job to address it enough. <laughs> um, and yeah. I, I was reading an interview with uh, Gina Prince, uh, by the way, where... She was defending that element of it, and I thought, "Oh yeah, all right, go on then."
2: <laughs> yeah, you ju- yeah. I mean, y- y- this your argument is
1: does- your argument is flimsy, but then again, it's also not not true.
2: <laughs> this doesn't say like based on a true story at the start, does it? It just has that opening crawl.
1: In... No, it doesn't. So it, it's yeah. So the way that the yeah. way that she put it was that it's based on a very specific time. We're not saying it is a history of the dehome and we're not saying that you should take this as you know as a, as a concise period. But it's based around a very specific time. And to be fair. That very specific time... Uh, and they will have done an awful lot more research than I have fucking done there. Um, and that specific time, what was going on in the film is kind of going on. They, The Dahomey did decide to kind of slow down their, their slave trading effectively uh, and try and focus on palm oil. oil. Um, and that is what it's covering. It doesn't need to go further back into their... Very checkered past, or the fact that in a few years' time they'll go back to slave trading because Parliament didn't make them enough money. Um, so yeah, you, but then you know, I don't like Braveheart, for instance, for a lot of reasons. One of the key reasons is it's complete bollocks. <laughs> um. So yeah. So it, it, the the bit that I was worried about was that this was just going to be a a fantasy. Um, didn't bother me to be honest because I think that they they dealt with it quite quite well in terms for how historically historical epics deal with these kind of things.
2: Yeah, because I mean, like, what I was what I was kind of leading towards is like we'll talk about Amsterdam later, but like the opening of that says something like a lot of this really happened, and it's like there there is just as little slash much that really happened in The Woman King than there was Amsterdam. Yeah. You know, but at least The Woman King doesn't have the kind of like the cheekiness to go based on a true story. You know, like, it, it, yes, okay, it's a it's about these real life people, but at least it's not going, and hey, m- much of this was stuff that happened. Mm. You know, in, in Amsterdam, it's basically there was that plot that... Kind of like comes into the film in like the last half hour, and I don't know. People lived during World War One. <laughs> yeah, the the, the
1: the the Amsterdam one is closer to um, it is closer to the inspired by true events like Fargo is than The Woman King would be. If that makes sense.
2: It, well, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, look, I mean, it, it, it's I if i sound like i'm i'm damning the woman king with faint praise i suppose it's only because the word on it had been pretty rapturous mm. um i think it i i think it's a really good film it's yep. definitely not shit oh definitely not shit Like, and it, de- it, it, it's yeah. a,
1: it, i think it's a a solid four four star movie um but i think it's a... It's a four-star movie because the the bits that elevate it are so fucking good that they're covering for a, a lot of bits that were a little bit... that that, that very much, for me anyway, uh, caused me to lose interest a lot.
2: <laughs> I Yeah. I wish it had 50% more budget in 20-minute less run time. Just 20-minute less run time, I'd be fine with <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's that as well. I yeah,
1: take out the um, take out the entire love story plot. There, you'd lose probably fifteen minutes to film, and not you wouldn't affect the film in any
2: way. I don't think it just it is it is amazing how little it would actually affect the film. Mm. Like, it does not affect the ending in any way. The arc of that girl feels like it's not affected by that relationship at all. Yeah. Because the primary thrust of the relationship is Holy fucking shit, this woman's my mum. Mm. Yeah. What well, I, I I do not understand
1: why it's there.
2: It because a producer was just like, you need to have a love story here somewhere. Yeah. That's literally it. And they've gone if you want this budget, you're going to have to do it. And, it, 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 and fair play.
1: It's mad that that they think that in any way that that is going to make people have a different opinion on this
2: movie. I don't know. It's just like, if it means that you can have a shot of two people embracing in a trailer, is that going to get a certain demographic more interested?
1: Yeah, I'm not... A plus
2: not... cinema score.
1: Yep, well, must
2: work. It must work for people. Fucking hell, that's that's making me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hey, look, definitely not shit. They're yeah. not going to be anywhere near my films of the year, but I absolutely respect that it exists and good on it.
0: Yeah,
2: and looks very good. Yeah, it does.
1: Uh, Polly Morgan, it was, wasn't it? Who shot it?
2: Yeah, that sounds right. Who
1: did, um, yeah, Quiet Place 2.
2: It's like super female centric, like above and below the line yeah. talent in this, which is, which is fantastic. And
1: again, I'm going to say one of another criticism of it is actually a guy. Uh, I thought the score was weak. <laughs> I don't
2: remember the score. I remember every, them fucking dancing any scene where they were dancing ruled. I'm the opposite. Any scene where they were dancing annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, I fucking loved it. I, the world, it I just, thought the world building was really well done in this. Yep,
1: yeah, the world building was good, but I just... It, it I don't know. It just felt a little bit like, yep, yeah, they're dancing again. Yeah, I, 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 I I could have predicted that, that this type of movie would have at least five or six them dancing scenes.
2: I I enjoyed the dance. Also, Lashana Lynch and that guy with the spear. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Anything with Lashana Lynch in it was just fucking great. I was watching, going, yeah. she's a fucking badass." Because
2: <laughs> i yeah, no, I meant I meant to say the thing is, I like her in No Time to Die, but she's not allowed to have any fun in No Time to Die. Mm. In this. She's like giving good dramatic, dramatic acting. Is able to be a badass, but is also really warm and really charming. Yeah, I, I,
1: I thought for the trailer and that that she was gonna be the cold one, and I am uh-huh. really yeah, like... glad that she fucking wasn't because it made her character so much better. She's fucking great in this, like star yeah, of the is. She... show.
2: Yeah, too right. Too right.
1: Like it it will not it will not happen. But if they turned around tomorrow and went um and, and said Fuck it, we're doing a Bond spin off that's a Lashana Lynch movie or she was the new Bond, I would fight people who said that's bullshit.
2: Wood <laughs> roll. Yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, oh,
2: fucking a spin-off of Lashana Lynch teaming up with Ana, Ana de Armas.
1: Yeah, just taking her under a fucking wing.
2: Fuck.
1: Yeah. There you go, fucking Amazon Prime. Fucking, we've we've given you an idea.
2: <laughs> Bezos is listening. It'll be all right. Yeah, somebody
1: who knows Bezos, will be listening. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Our, our audience poll. Uh. Definitely not shit. Seventy-eight percent.
0: Touching cloth eleven percent and shit eleven percent.
1: This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over, and then what are you gonna do? Well, if you're a fan of this show,
2: why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate: The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's on Tap will be
1: dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate
2: network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows scheduled on Podcast. CS3P Combat. Player 1, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Instructor. Player 2, choose your character. While well, you're in luck. Punter. Round 1. Fight! <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Penta podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot! I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO! Round 2! Right. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, no just, just getting confirmation. It's just meaning that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on?
1: Let's raise some hell. <laughs> to, 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 to our resident horror expert is here. Oh, I don't think I'm a horror expert. I'd like to think I was. Yeah. My right, resident right, horror apologist. All right, the one who still likes horror is here. Have
3: I missed a discussion where you both decided you don't like horror?
1: No, I think it's just been a general chipping away of our our core values.
3: That's really sad.
1: I don't think it's that we don't like horror anymore. I think it's just that we've just become tired. So tired. Wow. But let's see. Let's, let's see. Um... So yeah, Hellraiser, a, a movie that I completely forgot was coming back out until, yeah, it did. Um, what?
3: We've been talking about it for weeks.
1: Yeah, no, but up until that point, I um, just forgot that it was a thing that was existing. A nice um,
3: surprise
1: for you then. So yeah, so um, Hellraiser, um, David Bruckner, um, who did the lighthouse that we were all fans of, the house, sorry, that we were all fans of. Uh, he's helming, um Ben Collins and Luke uh Pieteroski is writing, uh and who's it have in it? Um uh, Odessa Azion, uh, Jamie Clayton, Brandon Flynn, Drew Starkey and other people that exist in real life. Bunch of f- fucking nobodies. Yeah. It's 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 a two-hour <laughs> hellraiser movie. Um so what's the plot a take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession position of an ancient puzzle box unaware that its purpose is to summon Cenobites um Becky me and Ian have, have spoken for like the past hour um you do some talking okay you lazy motherfucker
3: wow I mean I've been driving
1: well so you claim um Hellraiser 2022 <laughs> what did you reckon
3: that that the specific question you're asking me yeah just what you reckon i i actually really liked it i clive barker's work is something that i would like to get into reading um but i think this i mean don't get me wrong i've got an awful lot of affection for the original the sequels are what they are see our patreon for more info um but they're not fantastic, and I like the fact that this has taken a really interesting property and given it what looks like a little bit of a budget and expanded on the, you know, the the, the originals don't, you don't really fucking know what's going on with that puzzle box, do you? there's no real explanation for it. It just kind of is, and if you poke it, it opens. There's no real. It's supposed to be a puzzle box, and it's it's ju- it's just incredibly easy to open. <laughs> it's an, it, you it, breathe it, near it, it
1: and you're it literally it. is. Are you a bit horny? Yes, then you can open this motherfucker. Yeah,
3: yeah, pinheads there. Just like, did you did you think about a puzzle box? <laughs> um, whereas this, you know, there's there's layers to it. There's effort made to get into this. Um, <laughs> no, not not but. Blood has to be shed to get to the next configuration. Can I
1: just say something, Matt? What? Right, I just think, right, that if you're going to have a hell summoning puzzle box, right, yes, it should be, it should be a lot harder than the world's easiest Rubik's cube. The majority of like the difficult bits of it are bits that it does itself after somebody's either been stabbed with it, accidentally pricked themselves on it, or God, oh that looks sharp.
3: <laughs> it it
1: kinda of does itself a little bit.
3: It does change in between the configurations, but you have to do the initial puzzle and you have to pay the the blood cost of getting through the next configuration. Like this this how the puzzle box and how how getting through it works it makes much more sense to me in this movie than any of the previous iterations.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, it's not my favorite of the puzzle boxes.
3: It's all the same puzzle box. No, it's but... just in the rest of the movies. It's in the lament configuration.
0: Yeah, but
1: I I, I, I like the one where it's the screaming totem pole.
3: Yeah, if that's in this. The, the totem pole's in this.
1: Not as fucking good as the screaming one in like the third or fourth movie.
3: <laughs> you know, fair. Um, I don't know. I just. If you're gonna get a a new imagining on Hellraiser, now it's gonna have a sheen to it. It's not gonna be made out of fucking latex and dowel like the originals were. It it is gonna look nice, but I still think this does a good job with the design of the Cenobites. I think it does. I I just I just think it does a really good job. To be honest, I was I was ready to be disappointed by this because. Oh, just, I've been very disappointed in the movies we've watched the last few weeks. So, um, I was, I was ready for it to not be great, and it, I really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's baggy. It's got baggy patch in the middle, and it's a bit too long. But I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Um, Ian, this was very much a, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but it wasn't as it wasn't as nasty as I think you were expecting was it? What did you think of Hellraiser 2022?
2: Yeah so I mean I absolutely agree with Bex that like they've chucked a, a budget at it and it looks modern and you're not going to get the aesthetic that you did from the first one but I put put this on Twitter uh, the other night but I came out of this film just thinking of Lenny Orcutt, Lenny in the Simpsons, saying to Mo, but Mo, the Dank, the Dank. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it, it's just, it's I, it's interesting, Bex. I'm really glad you. I'm really glad you enjoyed it, and, and it, it, and so that makes me think differently because I'm just like. If I if I were really into Hellraiser, I can't help but fe- feel like I'd be disappointed by this. Like Mon- Mondo Ben Ben Howard, um in in his review on Letterboxd, he was like, "It's closer to the sequels oh, yeah. than people would care to admit." Is it? And is it Hellworld yeah. the
1: one that's set in the house? with the vi- the video game, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it is it, closer to that I would say than than any of the. It, it's not. It, it is more of a sequel to the sequels than it is to the original Hellraiser. It's
3: not. A it's it's to the better.
1: No, but it's a sequel to. It's a, it's a continuation of the, of, of the Hellraiser film. It's not a direct sequel to that. But what I'm saying is, I think that that's what people are expecting, right. and it isn't. It's just a Hellraiser film with a bit
2: of a budget. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, and it, it's. Like, I kind, I kind of miss Dirty Uncle Frank. <laughs> Did you go in
1: expecting a bit, a bit, a bit of Dirty Uncle Frank, and then were a bit like, uh, the bit that I didn't yeah, want. Yeah, and again, I kind of want now.
2: <laughs> again. Like The Woman King with its A-plus cinema score, I think I've gone in with inflated expectations because this played Fantastic Fest and people were all over Twitter going on about how incredible this was. So, and, you know, that's not the film's fault. But also, I was hyped up because of The Night House. You know, so I thought David Bruckner, interesting. Um, and I, I, I think the problem, David Bruckner came to this when, night like, the screenplay had already been written. And I just think the screenplay is not all that you know the the first act is interesting where it's like this kind of addiction metaphor, and then as soon as they get to the house and it's like the other people realize oh shit this is actually real I, 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 I just i just kind of switch off um there, there there's some interest in that one guy actually being involved in the whole thing um and but then even like the 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 thing with pinhead being like look, you can save yourself, but you're going to have to sacrifice two others. And then there's never any sense that she's even ever going to like consider that. And then when she's like, ah, I know, I'll stab one of the Cenobites and that will count as one. And it just felt like, well, that's a bit of a cheat, that
3: no, but I love that. Makes I love it... that the rules are just the same for them. Like, nah, you've got no fucking protection just because you're a centibite. You get stabbed by that fucking blade, you are, I'm gonna. I loved that. Like, because I mean... they are just savage fuckers. It, they don't care but if I... it's one of their friends with no lips. He's... he's just but gone. I don't
2: know, it can't... Yeah, I mean, I don't, okay. Yeah I, yeah, I suppose so. It, it just, it kind of felt like, well, they played Pinhead at their own game. And one thing that you do not do with Doug Bradley's Pinhead is play him at his own game because he will fuck you over.
3: I just don't think he gives any fucks about anybody. It's <sighs> the rules of the box and the box, the, the the box is in charge. And I don't think he feels any particular affection for his fellow Cenobites. I just, I like no, that. No, no, that no, it no. was just like nah, the, the rules are the rules the box is the box this is what's going to happen
1: I, 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 I think I think Pinhead was possibly um, on the priest as it's referred to in the film um, yeah, sure, hmm. whatever um, it was, was a little bit like alright,
3: well played yeah, never yeah. like that that kind not of, anyway quite impressed yeah, like alright
1: <laughs> well, and then at the end it was like well actually um, what's his name the fucking generic as fuck um, bad, bad dude was like we've just had a spot open up. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. But as soon as he picked the power configuration, though, I said to you, they're gonna make him a cenobite, didn't I?
2: Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, and I mean that—that—that's the thing is, there are nuggets of like clever things there, like the power configuration, what that means, the fact that her at the end, the lead choosing to live her life with that sadness means that she picked the lament configuration, and it goes back
3: into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That.
2: that, that's no, and that's great. That's great. It very much reminded me of the wordplay in the Nighthouse with like the whole nothing thing. Yeah, you know, like that, that. So, and that felt that felt like a Bruckner touch. You know, it it just it felt like you had a screenplay of the quality of Hellraiser, Hell World. <laughs> yeah but you had a better filmmaker direct it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I agree.
1: that I think, I think that the the film sings more when when you're watching it and going, this feels like a day film, rather than it feeling like yeah. a generic Hellraiser sequel. Well,
3: obviously that's going to be the case. If you get a generic director, you're going to get a generic movie. But, but, but well, have taken the effort and paid the money and and to I,
1: get a And I think director. that is... I don't, but I'm saying that's positive. I think it's absolutely a benefit. If... Based on the success of this, they went. Do you know what? We're going to do another one, and the signed on and went, "I'll do one more." Um, I would be like, but he was more in charge of it. That would be great because it went because visually, there's some fucking great visuals in it. There's yep. some really clever bits yeah. in it. It is baggy. It is too long. Hmm. You know, literally, this movie should not be should not break 100 minutes and it breaks 120 minutes.
3: I think the imagery keeps you going. It, the, the, you could
1: the, you could lose quarter of an hour 20 minutes this movie quite easily. Yeah. Um and I know we say that a lot.
2: <laughs> no you've got no. No but I mean yeah you you absolutely could. and it it again it's just the fact that the first act is all this kind of like, you know, the the addiction and the fear of relapse they're building up those themes and then they don't really do anything with that. No, because it becomes Hellraiser meets 13 ghosts for the last half an
1: hour.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I love
1: 13 ghosts. I know, and I was all right with it, but I didn't need the journey of, I didn't need those extra two characters turning up. Mm. You know, Trevor sorry, could have. Can
3: I just check? Does that say Matt McCready, Matt McCrendy, Riley's estranged brother on there? Where? She literally lives with him.
2: Where?
3: In the cast list.
2: Yeah, estranged is a stretch.
3: She lives with him. Fuck yeah. you, Wikipedia, you idiot.
2: I don't think that's him. It is Matt. I think it might be. It is Matt. But, um. Oh, yeah. yeah look, yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah. Jamie Clayton, terrific. Yep. Yes. Like, really unsettling. Like, every single line, she is, like, really into it. Yeah. But Um, it's not
1: an OTT performance. It's just very much... Yeah. She's quite... She's cold, but also just... It's a perfect performance of that. I think she's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah.
2: definitely. Yeah.
3: we high-fived when she and said it, that we have such sites to show you, didn't we? Oh, get it. yeah, it was good as that. Yeah, it was,
2: yeah. I needed me a Jesus fucking wept somewhere. <laughs> um but no, I mean it, it's like I've just been looking through my letterboxed um rev- uh, reviews and I scored two higher and I ins- I scored inferno the same. Um and I, I think I'm that. I mean, to be fair, Deader. My review of it was literally the worst film I have ever done a group review on on Film Bastards. <laughs> that was my review. Um. So you know, I mean, like there there are some quality holes like no one's business. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Hellraiser, Hellraiser Two, and then Hellraiser Inferno, and the remake of Hellraiser. As like my initial order of preference, I've yeah, and I'm 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 surprised given the word that this Hellraiser is as low as that. But to to Mark's point, if Bruckner is involved from the hitting the ground running in any sequel, I am very I'm still very on board. I am. Basically convinced that anything good about this film comes from a decision he made. Yeah, I, I, I the thing is, there were certain bits I, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as you, Bex, but I don't think anyone
1: expected that, that anyone would enjoy it as much as you because it is very much your wheelhouse. Um, but there were certain bits that were taking me out of it, uh, and I think it's because it was too long. So when I'm watching it, and I'm going. Can you imagine the contractor turning up to build that?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, and going, right, so hang on a minute, I right? I
3: that's just because you've really embraced being old.
1: Uh, no, but there's that. But can you, like, I, I mean, I bet he made a decent fist of it, but going... What's this for? And the guy going, going, ah, "I'm eccentric." It's
3: just a cage for my house. I
1: think a cage for it's my cute. house that I can control. Keep I, my large I,
3: birds
1: I, in. I, I don't want normal switches. I just want I, I want a fuse box in every room. Like, you know, I could just put switches in <laughs> that I got on. No, a fuse box.
2: Like, what? In every room, you want a fuse box rather than switches. Look, yeah, I can't jerk off unless there is a fuse box in the room. And if you're telling me that I've only got one room in my entire fucking house that I can jerk off in, yeah. then you and are it's not joking. Basement? Ready. No. <laughs> I mean, that's usually my first choice, <laughs> but on occasion, I need somewhere else. It, so, so, so just, just, just so I'm straight on this you want a fuse
1: box. Behind the bar, yes, yes, you heard me correctly. Yeah. So that music has to be constantly played. So the so hang on a minute, this the the, the sound system you've got has to constantly be on, but you will control yes. it via a fuse box. Yes. Yes. You you're a kinky motherfucker, but I respect it because you are putting my kids through college.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That. And uh, watching Odessa a, a Aizion going, I can't work out if she's hot or not. I think she might be.
3: Yeah, I think she is. She's got a very busy face. she is. Yeah. There's a lot
1: going on there. Yeah. But it did make me think, hmm, am I, am, am I going through a marks in a Jewish girl's face?
3: She's got magnificent hair. Yep. She wears trash clothes.
1: Wears trash clothes. She has puffy nipples.
3: Yes. I didn't really notice her nipples. But all all got of yeah. look for these things, Becky. She's got very big Can confirm. Mm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was it was all right with that.
3: Yeah, she'd she get it.
1: Yeah, but when you are working that out and where the, what the contract is doing, it means that you're not getting enough hell being raised.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I just I loved the fact that they explored the mythology. Much more than any of the previous ones have done. Of the actual box and its workings I, I, itself. A, a fair comment. I love the monkey's paw aspect of the rewards. Well, yeah, we'll give yeah. you sensations. We never said it'd be good sensation. Yeah. We'll give you power. We're going to rip your face off.
1: I did feel a little bit for, for um, Nora. Who it was literally... For Nora. It was literally like... I'm the roommate. Like they went... We well, need another oh, the British girl. Yeah. And then he just they put her in literally just to get killed. <laughs> yeah. So, so somebody else could get killed. Yeah. Also as well, another one, I was thinking, imagine going to the hospital and walking, calling in and going Right, what the fuck happened here? Ah
2: don't know. Well, it's like the end of Bodies, 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 isn't it? Where that guy rocks up. <laughs> and um, Maria is just like, I've got reception. And then it just cuts to credit. So <laughs> it's just like, you kind of want to see what that conversation was after. <laughs> yep. I'm,
1: the thing is, with Hellraiser, I'm, I'm definitely not sure because I don't think it's shit. I think I gave it three out of five. <laughs> And I'm actually kind of all right with that. I think we all uh,
3: know so my
2: So, I'm, I'm touching cloth.
3: Wow.
2: Because, I'm, because, it d- wasn't, d- because it wasn't scuzzy enough,
0: are you?
2: No, I bit I like I mean, that. Like, the, 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 I, like, this is... Honestly... I wanted, I was willing it to be a thanks, I hate it. Yeah, that's what, what I mean. I'm saying that I, I like the fact that it wasn't grim enough for you. <laughs> no, I mean, it, which is. I, I just,
3: it's very counterintuitive, but, even, given that you didn't enjoy the ones It's that a bizarre.
2: Were. I, I know, I, 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 I appreciate. The thing is, if it was just like. Really well-directed, good-looking, dirty fucking mattresses. I think I'd be on board. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to, to, to
1: Brockler's next one, where he's there going, right, I've been listening to this podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what we need to do... Come
3: back, Uncle
1: Frank. ...is we need to somehow get a fucking dirty uncle somewhere in this. <laughs> you
2: get dirty Uncle Frank... And some fucked up looking mattresses. (laughs) But just with that digital sheen. and Yeah, and and a really fucking good eye for just making things look
1: fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, our audience poll, definitely not shit, 17%. Touching cloth...
2: In fact, just to confirm, definitely not shit, yeah? Yes. Touching cloth, 33% and shit, 50%. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: right. Should we do some what we've been watching before we cover Amsterdam?
3: Sure.
2: Sure. Ian, what have you been watching? Oh yeah. Okay, dokie. Uh, so, uh, strap in. I'll try and go through a few quick, and then, um, and then slow down. So, um, because it was an overnight flight, I only watched one film on the the, the flight back. Uh, but that film delightfully I discovered was on the in-flight entertainment added while we were away Mrs Harris goes to Paris um so um Leslie Manville uh her husband dies in the war and uh she has a uh, a kind of a windfall from like uh, the pension because it wasn't getting paid to her even though he'd died before like long before she fought and she uses the money to go to Paris why? because she sees a Christian Dior dress that uh, the woman that she works for uh, ha- has and it's just like I would just like a nice thing in my life and she goes and basically changes the course of how the Christian Dior fashion house sell their products <laughs> Um, it's everything I wanted it to be Um, it's it's like the most gentle feel good just warm hug of a film it's an absolute 7 out of 10 like it it, it, but it knows what it's doing maybe it's an 8 maybe it's an 8 on thinking about it maybe I was a little harsh but it just absolutely everything you expect it to do happens there are a couple of bumps along the road that you don't expect, and the ending is just gorgeous. It, it and the thing is, I was on a plane. I um, took some Dramamine because I was feeling ill, and you're not allowed Dramamine in the UK. So Donna and her sister like stocks up on it, um, and um, uh, I I I'd add that and quite a bit of alcohol in the departure lounge and then on the plane because I was trying to make force myself to want to go to sleep. It didn't really work. But it basically left me in a woozy, boozy state for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Like, how boozy, woozy I was. As we were walking to the departure gate, Lottie was consistently trying to tell me to shut up because I kept on singing um, Love Shack, but with Jet Bridge instead of Love Shack at her. Because um, someone just said Jet Bridge over the tannoy and they were playing Love Shack. <laughs> Why not? I think She didn't like it.
3: Jet Bridge, baby Jet Jet Bridge,
2: bridge baby Jet Bridge.
3: Beautiful.
2: There's a Jet Bridge, <laughs> it's a little old place where... You know, anyway, yeah. So Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. It's honestly a lovely little film. There you go. See, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to watching that because it just comes across as being just really quite charming, and yeah, I'm all with right charming. Actually, yeah. Char- yeah. Uh, it, it it absolutely is. Absolutely is. Um. So the day that I got back on like three hours sleep. Um. I'll be honest i nearly fell asleep in the bath a couple of times watching it but the sound of 007 oh yeah um so this is the matt Whitecross documentary that was released to coincide with the 60th anniversary of bond uh films um and is yeah it's all about the the, the music of 007 uh and i enjoyed it um Apparently, if, you, if you're a super, super, super hardcore Bond fan, you're not going to learn anything new. I, can, I mean, I did an entire podcast series on it, but I there were things I knew. There were a couple of things I didn't. What is fascinating is how honest it is at a couple of points where they basically say that if it wasn't for the fact that it was a little bit late, they would have gone with the Radiohead Spectre song. They They were just too far down the line with the Sam Smith one. Ooh. And Sam Smith... The one of the great self owns is very, very pleased with the fact that he wrote writing on the wall in two hours.
0: <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah, you can tell. sounds it, mate. Mm-hmm. Well done. Um, so, um, but yeah, there's, um, oh god, there's uh, uh, Duran Duran talk about how much they didn't like working with John Barry um like the long the the long-term composer i um, I, I, I
1: will say this from the I, i've watched a few musical documentaries over the years and i will say that nobody has ever said that they enjoyed working with duran duran <laughs> oh,
2: okay that's interesting yeah um, um
1: sound the apparently is an absolute piece of shit
2: <laughs> nice um Well, I mean, yeah, apparently people don't like working with John Barry, not just Duran Duran, so what a combination. (laughs) Um, When shit collides. um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, But you've got Shirley Bassey talking about how she doesn't like Moonraker and she doesn't perform it on tour. Like, she would rather pretend that it didn't exist. So, you know, there there are, um, like, the, the, the theme from Octopussy, there's quite a funny bit where it's just like, well, you know, the composer's just like, right, so I'm drafted in to write the new Bond theme. I'm really, really excited, and I ask them what's the next film called, and then they tell me Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is great. It was Tim Rice, um, you know, like Elwin jo- John's collaborator on The Lion King. He he like wrote um, All Time High, the, uh, the 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 song from Octopussy. So look, it's for fans only, but it's uh it's a fun hour and a half. So, uh, there you go, you know. Um, okay, and then is that it for non-LFF? Uh, yes, it is. So, um, yeah, started my LFF watching a little late because the online library, you, you couldn't access it from the US. Didn't want to try VPN just in case there was... You know, I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So, um Uh, Yeah, so, uh, a couple of things that I've watched on the online library. So, I'll start with The Woman in the White Car, uh, which is a uh, South Korean film uh, directed by Christine Ko. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll just read the synopsis on Letterboxd. One quiet snowy morning, a car rolls into a small hospital. Out of the car step two women, one covered in scars and the other stabbed. Do Kyung claims that the unconscious stabbed woman is her sister. Sergeant Hyun Joo begins to investigate what happened to the two women. Sergeant Kim goes to the address that Do Kyung provided and on- and only to realise that there is more thing than she thought in this case. Letterboxd needs to have a look at the, the 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 wording there. Um, But yeah, so essentially these two women one of the, one of them like taken into surgery is unconscious for like the first hour of the film the uh the other woman gives her account of, of 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 events but then it turns out not exactly that happened um so it's like every 10 15 minutes there's a twist and you you ne- there's a kind of like an unreliable narrator thing going on throughout the film Um, and it had me engaged all the way through. Um, it, there's, there's a lot of like scenes of someone thinking something through and flashing back to various bits of dialogue that somebody else said and how they're piecing it together in their head. And that, that felt very like, okay, you've watched a lot of twisty turny thrillers, haven't you? Um, chill out. Um, But as the film goes on and as it reaches its conclusion, it kind of reveals what it's about thematically. And I thought that that was interesting. Um, Kind of like... uh, Actually, I I, I maybe won't say anything, but um, there's some good, compelling, emotional stuff here. A little bit long. It's about two hours... And just because of all the flashbacky stuff, it's like if they just calmed down with that shit, maybe chopped it down to like hundred and five hundred and ten minutes, maybe it would have flowed, uh, flowed a little so better. Did you say it was a South um, Korean
1: film? Yeah, that's too long. I don't believe you.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, quite. Um, but it's it it's not it's not like extreme or anything like that. I mean, there's there's a couple of moments that are a little bit, Ooh, uh, but you know, it it, it you know it, it's it's not like a, it's not not a park chan look. um so um yeah the woman uh, the woman in the white car i think i think it's good uh, i don't think it's great it feels like one that will just kind of pop up on a streamer at some point um and it's 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 it's, it's worth a go um next one an iranian french co-production Called subtraction. So. This one. The synopsis in the letterbox is a little bit too simplistic. So. A woman sees her husband. Get on a bus. Even though he's supposed to be out of town. She follows him. And then sees that he's gone into a building. Where he's there with a woman. She or uh, like she tells her dad her dad confronts the uh, husband the husband says i was away i you know i was not in town i've 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 got evidence blah 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 um they go to they go to this flat basically like right okay the what what is you know what is going on is is there an affair happening blah 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 the 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 the, the wife doesn't yeah. mean and essentially It is discovered that there are two people living in this flat who are doppelgangers of the woman and her husband. Oh, all right. That's quite interesting. Yeah. And then it goes from there. So this is a film that starts off with a very sci-fi concept like that and then just kind of goes, well, this has happened. How are we going to deal with it? and it turns into a film about how some people are just really not nice people. Um, The husband of the woman who who suspected the husband at the start kind of befriends the wife of the doppelgangers. And... Kind of help helps her out with things, and there, there's kind of like a will they, won't they thing. Um, and then one of the characters is a is a bad egg, and then is a really bad egg. And this film is incredibly bleak. And I was taken in by like the synopsis on the the the, the online library. But, with the concept. But then it just, it goes in this direction where it's just incredibly nihilistic. Um, and... It's compelling. It's really compelling. But there are a couple of plot things that happen that are like, no, I just do not buy this happening right now. But, the sheer fucking hell of what's happening and it's not explicit like there's no gore Mm. um but it's just the sheer oh my word this is suffocating that it is actually it, it is actually pretty effective um and there's this whole the thing is when i'm like well i don't think this could happen i don't know whether it's iranian culture or not because there's certainly a um a perspective on what masculinity is in this film which is explored and yeah i mean there's just some some ways of it. Do- i don't know it's hard to explain without getting to spoilers but there's some societal ways of doing things which just feel a bit like okay is that actually how it is there or is this bad screenwriting but I think maybe it is just how it is there I don't know but not enough people have seen this film for me to actually have a conversation with anyone about it that's the thing I've heard nothing about this on on film twitter there's there's nothing I don't know whether it's played yet, but certainly it's been in the online library for a couple of weeks and it seems like nobody's taken a chance on it. I thought it was really, really interesting and it's well acted, especially when you've got these actors playing two different versions of themselves and they are very believably two different versions. It really, 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 really works. Um, so yeah, subtraction Ooh, might look out for that if you get a chance to watch it, watch it but it's bleak. <laughs> fair um, and then finally I actually went to a partner screening of this so uh, this was at Chapter in Cardiff uh, great fucking cinema um, woman at the door was very insistent I turned my phone off um but I think I I, I think because there was some like severe anti piracy shit as much as etiquette. Mm. So uh I saw Noah Baumbach's white noise. Oh yeah, you you, you were very so, excited about this as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, all pumped. So gonna be fucking fascinated to see what you guys make of this. So this is an adaptation of Don DeLillo's novel from the eighties, which I, I I was already a fan of um essentially adam driver plays uh the head of family um he's a professor in hitler studies he is the most known person basically in the world about academic studies about hitler um his wife played by greta gerwig uh kind of just basically helps people in the community uh they love each other very much and uh they they have a good relationship um an airborne toxic event happens where a chemical gas, a gas is released and they and their family have to flee from it. Story goes from there. So this is unlike anything Noah Baumbach's ever done. The budget being a rumored hundred million dollars feels like a lot. I'm assuming the actors got fucking paid. Don Cheadle was also in it, and he is great. Andre Three Thousand is in it, in a random side role. He's fun. Um, but this is Bound Back in the second act, basically doing Spielberg. All right. <laughs>
1: Kind of works because my my issue always with Baumbach is he essentially makes the same film all the time and it's really annoying. Yeah,
2: no, no. That that's the thing with this. There's Baumbach-isms to it, and there's there is a scene that I think is going to make Mark's brain itch. <laughs> I I will just say. There is a performative debate in the first act. And I'll I'll, I'll leave it there. I think you're going to hate that. But early on in the film, there's like this family talking and they're all kind of over-talking each other. And it's a bit like, right, this is kind of like Robert Altman, but it's also kind of like the early scene in E.T. where they're talking about fucking pizza and shit. And they're all just overlapping conversations. And then... There's... Some real Close Encounters of the, Thir- the Third Kind vibes. Real War of the Worlds vibes. In the second act. It's very impressive. It's bound back doing cinematic filmmaking. And it works. There is a scene in this film which is a genuine jump scare sequence. In a Noah Baumbach film. <laughs> the third act... It threatens to completely fucking come apart. There is a... There is an element to the plot introduced... Which... Changes the focus of the film. Um, and... It, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's it's true to the book as well, but I think it's kind of one of the reasons why people had said that, that it, it was unfilmable. Um, and it kind of goes <coughs> almost like right. Terry Gilliam. No worries. esque, But in a way where Terry Gilliam always like, it always kind of feels like his train's veering off the tracks. And it just about holds and is then helped by another scene which I think may make Mark's brain itch where over the end credits there is a full blown musical number with a new song by LCD sound system. So i decided just sat in a bit of brain itch a little bit. <laughs> there you go. I re- but I really liked it. Of course it. you fucking did. Um, <laughs> I'm glad, I, I genuinely am glad you did that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I, I get why you would also say it like that. I'd absolutely, yeah. Um, so, uh, Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, um, Don Cheadle, great. Raffi Cassidy, um, who was the young Natalie Portman and then played her daughter in Vox Lux, um, is really, really good as their oldest kid. Um, and... It is just this kind of wild mishmash of things which shouldn't work together, but for me, do. I think it's going to have fuck all attention at the Oscars, except I think LCD Sound System may get a Best Original Song nomination. I think Danny Elfman is getting a nomination for Best Original Score. And I think he might win. He's never won a competitive Oscar before. No, it's not. And that. it's a really, really, it's a really good score. And he, really and, good and he score. he quietly is, is, so, is, is getting on a bit, Elfman. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, white noise, by no means perfect. By no means perfect. But it is something you never, ever, ever thought Noah Baumbach would do. It's a swing. For the most part for me it's a hit. Good. Results may vary. <laughs> we'll we'll see in a few a month or so. <laughs> um Yeah, 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 quite. It's uh, cinemas next month, Netflix, December. I think it's between Christmas I and New Year. I think I'm so. gonna try and do cinema for it. I honestly would say it's worth it. It looks really good on a big yeah. screen. It's I, um, I, yeah, I, yeah. Partially because I yeah. want
1: to see it. Um The trailers interested me, but also as well, it, if they're going to release Netflix films at cinemas, I kind of want to go and see them because
2: I, I want other things that Netflix is going to do to come out in cinemas. That makes
3: sense.
2: Yeah, exactly. But on honestly, I think a lot of people are going to obviously going to watch White Noise, but Subtraction. Keep keep that in just keep that in your minds. Oh, folks like, on my list. Interesting fucking film. Bex, what have we watched solo? Have you watched anything solo?
3: What have we watched solo? What have solo? you watched solo? That's I, not said. What you said. I
1: fucking did. No. Our listeners can be the judge of that.
3: <laughs> they will they will deem you wrong.
1: They often do.
3: Um what have I watched solo? What have I watched solo? I watched The Mist.
1: You did watch the mist, yeah.
3: Yeah, I said to you, didn't I, I I don't know whether we just had a not great TV the last time we watched it, but I'd never noticed how bad the close-in shots of the CGI bug slash monster things are, in particular. um, The Misty Monsters. The Misty Monsters. Um, in particular, the bit where I don't know how well you remember it, but you know when it gets to night and the bugs are flying and landing on the window, and then the big bird monsters come and start getting the bugs and start smashing the glass. Yes. So when it gets in, and David's trying to like beat the shit out of one of them, it gets right up close in its face, and it's just ropey as fuck. <laughs> but as a, I mean, God, damn, when did that come out?
1: 2007.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fine. For a movie that came out in two thousand and seven, wasn't
1: big budget either.
3: And the faraway shots of the of the monsters are are really effective. Um, yeah, it's really fucking good is a mist. It? It's the ending is never not heartbreaking, even when you know it's coming. Yeah.
1: Um, you, you watched the black and white version, didn't you?
3: N- no, the one the one you got for me was color. Was it? i out of sync. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was but I mean I think both have they're both very good. Like the black and white one is probably a bit more atmospheric, but the colour one is it's good in different ways. I think the the brightness of the supermarket versus the blandness of the mist outside, I think that actually works really well as a contrast. And um what's her face? Gay Harden? Yep. Wow How do you want to punch her in the face a lot during this movie? <laughs> when Toby Jones oh, shoots yeah. her, it's like it's the most like uh, cathartic feeling. Um I think that's all I've watched on my own. I think all the rest of the stuff that I've watched I've made you watch with me.
1: Right. I-, I watched a couple on my own. On. So um I watched Crossroads the uh, movie. No, the Walter Hill movie. I have seen Crossroads, the <laughs> British Spears movie though. Uh, in fact I think we own it.
3: That's really, really concerning,
1: isn't it? Yes. Um, no, I watched uh, the Walter Hill movie Crossroads. I'd never actually seen it, which is really odd. You look at a glass of water peculiarly, there, Becky.
3: Yeah, the glass tastes sugary.
1: All right. Is it sugar glass? It should have dissolved by now if it was. Um, so yeah, I'd never seen Crossroads. It's one of like I think that and uh, Tomboy, the latest before uh, Dead for a Dollar. Well, Hill will be the only ones I've not seen. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know how this escaped me, <laughs> to be honest. No. Um, so the story is, um, it, it's kind of based around um, the idea of um, musician Robert Johnson and the fact that he sold his soul to the devil. Went to a crossroads and sold his soul to the devil um, for a career as a blues musician. Right. And... Um, and it's based around that idea. Um, and um, Ralph Macchio plays a it's it's plays a classical guitarist, uh, like a prodigy, uh, who is at Juilliard uh, and has been allowed to skip a few years of school because he's this guitar prodigy. But he has also become obsessed with becoming a blues man. Um, yeah. And so tracks down one of Robert Johnson's um, harmonica player. A retirement home in New York, uh, and then he's basically trying to get him to teach him this uh, this missing song. And he's like, "Right, I'll do it, but you've got to break me out of the retirement home and get me back <laughs> to uh, Mississippi." <laughs> and so it's them, as all Walter Hill movies are. It's essentially a road trip movie. Nice. Um, with them going on this journey of trying to get to um, Mississippi, um, with, um, yeah, the guy, uh, Willie Brown, is essentially just fucking lying to him constantly <laughs> and scamming him constantly and belittling him constantly, uh, but just using him to get home, really. <laughs> Um, because he has to get home because he's also made a pact with the devil and he needs to work out how he can break it Right. Um, and spoilers for a um, fucking 30 year old movie near on. Uh, the way he breaks it is essentially he gets uh, Ralph Macchio's character to do a guitar battle with another guy who sold his soul who's played by uh, Steve Vai at the end of the movie is a literal guitar battle. Nice. It's it's a little bit too long. Um but it's it, it's a good amount of fun. Um Machio has that Machioism that he had that mid 80s um, vibe that he had and it, it, it's Walter Hill just playing around with a music Um, kind of biopic that isn't a music biopic (laughs) Um, that is is always quite fun when he's doing it Um, really good Raikou to score Um, interesting way they did Macchio's, uh, they taught him to play guitar but they couldn't teach him obviously to play that well because he's supposed to be a prodigy so what they did was they went, we're just basically going to teach you where your hand kind of should be and you remember those bits Without actually having to remember how to play them, and then just sped that up, so it looks like he's playing it. So it does look like he's playing it, oh, that's uh, which is quite is quite fun. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, that sounds
3: quite good actually.
1: I also rewatched Sausage Party because I didn't like Sausage Party
3: because it's a piece of shit.
1: Because I and I wanted to go back and look at Sausage Party and go right. Was everyone just a little bit fucking harsh on Sausage Party? And is it actually better than people expected? Because I think people went into it with these really high expectations. And it's just this overly crass. Why would tequila need to get stoned constantly? Mm. Um, Film. Unfortunately, yeah, it is just not very good. No. It's just... It's it's the people who made it kind of essentially being allowed to make it because they were on a high at them at that point.
3: Yeah uh, pun intended.
1: You kind of yeah uh, and seeming like they could get away with anything and do anything and then it would be like, why has no one ever done like a, a fucking really crass CGI thing that's basically Toy Story but with like food at a supermarket? And the reason is because it's not very good. Mm. And the whole thing it, it, it predicated around a character who is literally a douche, being a douche but getting juiced up on sucking out all of the life of other produce. Mm. It, yeah, it's just, the reason why nobody speaks about sausage pie anymore is because it's not very good
3: and yet you've watched it twice.
1: Mm. Yes. Of course yes. He <laughs> so what else did we watch this week Bex? We'll, we'll do the the, the, the we'll will speed round the ones that we've watched before. So we did Creep Show again, didn't we?
3: We did yeah. I've not seen Creep Show in years. I always get muddled up with Creep Show. And we
1: watched it literally like 2 years ago.
3: No, we didn't. I always get muddled up with Creep Show. And what's the other one with the creepy man?
1: Tales from the Crypt yeah yeah we, we watched both of those in the same week during the first lockdown
3: <laughs> fair enough that feels like ages Um yeah watch Creepshow Um Creepshow's really good
1: I like Creepshow it's got one too many segments in it
3: which one which one's no
1: they're all strong but it doesn't need to have that many segments in it you can lose one it's too long it's two hours long
3: yeah probably and it should be
1: 95 minutes
3: thing is I'm never going to sit here and go oh my god yeah it's a masterpiece because it's it's the acting's intentionally hammy Mm. and the effects are I think probably intentionally quite cheap looking and but it's 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 doing its thing and it works
1: possibly the first one
3: which one's the first one
1: the one Father's Day the one with Ed Harris dancing
3: but then you wouldn't get Ed Harris dancing. Yeah, you wouldn't need... get that 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 lady dancing. She was having a she was on a ball. A time. But I don't
1: need to see Ed Harris dancing.
3: I, I, I disagree. I think everyone needs to see Ed Harris dancing. I disagree. Okay, so there's a bit of a theme here that's that's probably going to become apparent. But we also watched the Dead Zone.
1: We did watch the Dead Zone.
3: Um. So I I feel like I've not seen the Dead Zone in ages um, or read it. So that's that's on my list as well. You don't read it? No, I've read it. I've just oh. not read it in ages. Um I can't read it now without seeing Christopher Walken. <laughs> and he's not he's not written Walken-y at all, but Walken is very walken y in everything that he does. Everything becomes Walken-y around Walken.
1: You see, that's the problem is if, if you ever now see anything walken there, you, you get an overly walken when he's doing Walken. Yeah. <laughs> there. So now when you go back and read it, you're going to read it in an overly walken thing. Oh, I
3: know, 100%. Yeah. Which is why I've kind of put it off for a bit, to be honest. Um, There's a, a dead zone. <laughs> <laughs> the ice is going to break! <laughs> Oh, it's just it's just fucking great. It's not as over the top in the in the book as a character. Um yeah, it's it's just it's just really good and I think for for its like for now the whole if you could go back in time would you kill baby hitler thing is like it's like just a thing. Yeah, you fucking would. But like it's a question that gets asked. It's a sort of yeah. philosophical question, but I think you know this is it's it's was written quite a long time ago and the film is from nineteen eighty three. Like that shit's as old as me. And I think You're well old. It's it's quite thought provoking and it's quite like if you knew someone was gonna do something bad what would you do kind of It's good, it's good. And the um Yeah, I think I think the way that he gets his come up and swear he doesn't actually fucking kill him. In the end, he doesn't have to because he shows his two true colours by trying to literally human shield himself with a baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really good. And it's one that when I was doing sort of Cronenberg watches earlier in the year, I didn't get to because it, it's not a very Cronenberg-y Cronenberg.
1: No, it's not the most Cronenberg-y enough films, no.
3: But it's, it's, it's good because it's... I think it's a good bridging movie for Cronenberg. Mm. Right, I've got all this weird shit in the bag. How do I do the weird shit still? But also have a mainstream appeal, like
1: a Cronenberg that Ian could enjoy.
3: Yeah. So, and this is yeah. kind of this is a full or, full on straight movie. Like it's got supernatural element elements, but it's not got any body horror stuff in it. So I think this was his thing of going like, right, I've got the body horror thing down. I need to do the like story based linear movie thing. And then I could blend the two. And I think it's, it's, it's quite an interesting little point in his career from that point of view.
0: Mm.
3: So then we watched the new Stephen King adaptation on Netflix, Mr. Harrigan's Phone. I'm really intrigued. As-
2: oh, Mr. McGoran was wondering for
3: <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm interested to see what you thought of this. Because but- having, yeah having, having read the story... I haven't read the story. No, I, I I might have a different take on it than, than you. So I'm interested to see what you think first.
1: I was a little bit surprised in the fact that, from the trailer and from the fact that it's released in October and the fact that it's um, it's a Stephen King uh, film, I, I was expecting something quite similar to the apt pupil uh, mm. because there's a similar kind of...
3: It's Donald Sutherland.
1: It's it's an old man and a, yeah, a young boy, a young boy forming a relationship. Mm. Not that kind of relationship. No, there was no hey, don't, buggery. Don't bugger him. No, um, yeah. don't bugger him in at puberty. They're Nazis him. Um, <laughs> what's the hand? It what's that was a fucking, it was a fucking law down Nazi Is symbol. It like
3: christening him in Nazi. Yeah, a little
1: bit. I assume that's what they do. <laughs> I <think
3: they'd> <laughs> you are a Nazi now. Got <laughs> a swastika on his head. Well, that's what I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That like fucking. And fucking film what's up out there? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm expecting that, and it's not that.
3: No, no, they have a nice relationship. It's not a horror it film.
1: It's not. It's not a horror film. Well,
3: it's very much in the vein of films like books like Cell. It's very much old man shouts at cell phones. Stephen King does have a. a, bit there is of a, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a running theme of. I like technology. I appreciate how it's useful. But also... I
1: don't even think this is that much shouting at technology. It, it, it's shouting at the what we have done with technology. There's a good mm. bit where Donald Sutherland, as a character... Cause, because the whole idea is that he's got an iPhone. Hmm. And it's a very big deal, the thing. Yeah, so he doesn't want this iPhone. So it's then, set in like yeah. 2008. But it, he's like a, a king of fucking industry, isn't he?
3: He's a magnate. He's, yeah. Yes.
1: But he comes. He basically very casually breaks down exactly what happens with yeah. cell phones over the next like fifteen years. Yeah. Um. In a really, it, it's quite well done. I thought that. Um. But yeah, it, it's it. I expect it to be a little bit like I say, Christine-y. Okay.
3: Um.
1: But it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. quite introspective of this kid kind of coming to terms with the fact that you know he he's kind of been responsible for the deaths of some of these people mm. and he has the power to just essentially cause people's deaths without any comeback to him other than the fact that he that, that he has to deal with the the guilt. the guilt and the morality of that mm. and i thought that was quite interesting i think um I, I think Jaden uh, Martell is very good in it, mm. um, but it is again, it's a little bit too long. And I think that if we were doing a cinema score thing, this isn't exactly what it says on the tin in any way. <laughs> if you are going into this based on the trailer, it's not the film you're going into. Yeah. Um, it it it's. I was wondering, thinking it's weird that uh, that um, that John uh, Lee Hancock is doing this movie. It doesn't feel like a John Lee Hancock movie. And then I watched it and went, oh, because it's not. It, it is a John Lee Hancock movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the reason I wanted to get your opinion first is it, it is a slow burn of a story and it is quite low energy. It is more about... I mean, your spooky aspect is the fact that is receiving his voicemails beyond the grave. Like, that's your, that's your spooky element of it. But, mm. like, it's really more just about the relationship between this crotchety old man whose kind of walls that he's built up get broken down by this nice boy who reads to him because he's losing his eyesight. Like, it's, it's mm. their story more than anything else. Um And then, after he's died, he can rain down the wrath of Harrigan on people that are mean to him. I think... I mean, I've not read if it bleeds in in a while. I read it when it first came out, but I don't think the bit at the end where
0: uh,
1: too much way. It's a very new film. I know we all spoiled all the time, but it is literally arrived on the Netflix Friday.
3: All right. The question he asks himself at the end—I don't think that's in the book. Okay. I.
2: How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood?
3: Exactly that, yeah. yeah. Ian yeah, spoilers.
1: <laughs> uh, we also watched 2021's one's The Guilty, the remake of the movie also titled The Guilty. Oh, the re yeah. Re-re. yeah. I like, I really liked it. I I liked how just Gillian Hall is not trying to play anybody nice; he's playing a prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it when Hall plays a prick, good it. But I I, I like it when he plays a a, a a prick like he is a nightcrawler. Mm. But I also like it when he's playing just an unashamed aggressive dickhead. I I also would like to see a prequel of this movie <laughs> where he's he committing was. the crime because I think that would be quite good.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, the fact that. At one point, he he decides to fucking befriend, is it, fucking Hugo, is it? The other dispatcher that he doesn't like, that doesn't like him. Manny. Oh, yeah. Manny. And then literally just to get some information off him. And then the minute he gives him the information, Fuck he off. just fucks up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> literally takes himself into a different room mm-hmm. so he can do things he's not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, really liked it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just a good fucking almost like one shot of a movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's good because you've got because hmm. I was, I was, I think you went to the bathroom or something while we were watching it, and I brought it up on IMDb, and I was like, where are all these cast? And it's like they're just the voices. They're quite big names in just like voice roles.
0: Yeah,
1: that's Which it. You, you know, blew my mind
3: a little bit because I didn't recognize any of the voices. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's all like a single location, you don't see any of these people really. No. You see overheads of vehicles moving.
1: Yeah, and you're just spending all your entire time with, with mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal, which I'm always quite happy with. Yeah. Do you know who I wasn't happy to spend some time with?
3: <laughs> was it the Sanderson sisters? It though? was
1: the Sanderson sisters, yeah. <laughs> so we... Yeah, okay, yeah, I saw your score on that. We watched Hocus Pocus 2... Probably a too high a fucking grade, to be honest, now I come to think of it. i like, two. <laughs> you gave me it a two. two. Okay, no. I'm being generous. <laughs> wow. So we watched Hawker's Pug... What, did you like this?
3: I didn't to- realize <laughs> You'd hated it quite that much.
1: Did you like it?
3: I didn't hate it.
2: Did you watch it? Yeah. Do you but- remember the opening?
3: Oh, the opening I'm- is fucking awful. I'm
2: going... I'm going to go for a pee but I have got my AirPods on but I'm going to mute my mic I am listening. Continue Vex.
3: Yeah, the opening is is abysmal. The yeah. the kid that plays the young Winifred needs so, to be taken out behind so, the, yeah. the park cabin and shot.
1: Effectively we will not got too much at the despise but the opening is
3: Clarify she doesn't really need to be taken out behind the park cabin and shot she never need, she needs to never be on screen again though.
1: No, I think the first one. Um <laughs> It, 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 the opening of it is set back in um, the 1600s in Salem when the Sanderson sisters are all like teenagers, aren't they? Yeah.
3: No, uh, younger than that.
1: It's her 16th birthday. Um, so they're teenagers. I
3: th- okay, yeah.
1: Um, uh, And they are basically the three actresses they've got to do it. Are just doing incredibly bad impressions of them, aren't they? Mm. Of just mannerisms that they have, and it is insufferable.
3: I didn't hate the two young.
1: I, I, I did with the the girl who's playing. Which one is it, Mary? Who's just doing the the the, the, slack, the, the, the mouth thing? But it's at the wrong fucking side. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I didn't feel like a visceral hate towards them though, I think because that was all concentrated on the girl playing Winifred. Mm. Because she was fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, and and, and then it it manages to get worse. (sighs) The
3: thing is, it's I think it's been derided as a bad sequel to a movie classic and the thing is, the original isn't a classic. It's it's a live action Disney fucking Halloween movie. Like, I, th- I think. I
1: like Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I saw it at the cinema. Um, I have watched it consistently, not every year or anything like that, but I've watched it consistently over the past near 30 years. And it has only got massive over the past, like, few years that people have got, oh, it's a classic. It, it, it's not. It's fine. It's fine.
3: It's Halloween Town with better actors. Yeah, it's, you know it's it's no it's no more than that really. It's, uh
1: but this is just. Oh, do you remember what happened in that in, in the first one? Do you after the first one? Do you after the first one? Look, fine, fine. You can tell the same jokes.
3: Yeah, I don't know. There was bits about it that I really liked though. What? Tony Hale. I thought he was lovely in it.
1: I I like. I would the, love
3: him to be the mayor of my town. Yeah,
1: I like the fact that the, the, the villain of it all is just is literally the nicest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, and all he wants is a candy yeah, apple. It's just wants
3: a fucking candy apple, <laughs> oh,
1: and That's it. I like the fact they set him up as being really nice as well.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> By having one of the characters saying he's just the nicest man alive. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I think it, like you've got you've got the twist in like Fear Street as an example, where the really nice mayor guy turns out to be an absolute piece of shit. And I was kind of like watching this, thinking, oh please, please don't do that. He's so lovely, just let him be lovely, and he just is. But then even when fun. he tries
1: to do an impression of his piece of shit ancestor, yeah. he can't Ooh. do it. He can't do it because he, <laughs> he thinks he's doing it. He thinks he's being too mean.
3: I hate the Sanderson Sisters. <laughs> no, not really. I love them. <laughs> See, yeah, and I, uh... I mean, the
1: reason why it's got two stars is Tony Hale.
3: Yeah,
1: and Hannah hot, Hannah Waddingham, Hannah Waddingham, the witch. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: A king we didn't realise we needed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I just, if, uh, yeah, I don't know. And oh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't hate it as much as I was expecting to, and I think maybe because I had such low expectations. I thought Bette Midler was fine in it. I thought Kathy Jimmy was fine in it. Sarah Jessica Parker just looks like... I mean, please eat a fucking sandwich. But the two main girls, I didn't hate them.
1: Right. It, right. We know, we've established in this episode, that Hollywood is listening to us. Right? Yep. Please, Hollywood, please. In these teen dramas, comedies coming of age, all of these teen movies you're doing could you stop making the principal teenage character be such a smart ass fucking dickhead that they've become unlikable Mm. because she is unlikable her friend's alright her other friend's alright but the main girl is just such an arsehole yeah, it's that the, there's too much of the "I'm above all of this being a teenager lark" from constantly within these things that it's just a bit like, right? You, you're trying to make every character into an asshole version of, of Ferris Bueller, and it doesn't work.
3: Yeah, because like thinking about the original, like, um, Katz's character in that Marshall. Marshall is supposed to be, be a bit cocky, but. He constantly gets fucking taken down for it because
1: he, he's cocky because he's from California mm. and he's been transported to Salem and the reason why he's angry is he doesn't like that.
3: Yeah, but like even when he's trying to be like fucking suave or whatever or be a bit smug and cocky, they just like his little sister and the girl that he fancies just fucking laugh at him. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like, oh yeah, you should be smug because you are really special, and it's yeah. like,
1: eh, just yeah.
3: Are there, are there no nice kids anymore?
1: No, they're, they're just smarmy, smart ass yeah. dickheads you need to be taking down a peg or two. Yeah. And every adult is a bumbling idiot.
3: Oh, Tony Hale.
1: But just even, up, even or? what's it, Gilbert?
3: Yeah.
2: Sam
1: Richardson. It, it, he's a little bit bumbling idiot.
2: I, f- I feel like I should be glad that Lossie doesn't really like films because it seems like they're just give kids bad ideas these days. Yeah. I don't
3: know, Isabel loves film, she's turned out alright. It's just the watching the right film. Has just... she?
1: She's made herself steak today.
3: She has Salmon yesterday. She's having yeah. a fucking highlight. She
1: really is, isn't she? Yeah. she she's fucking doing diversity a bit wrong. <laughs> um, I think
3: she just needed a few treats this week, bless so. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah, Hocus Pocus two is is a piece of shit.
3: No, it's
2: <sighs> It's shit.
3: It's not great.
2: Shit. Uh, uh, alright I'm I'm am g- I'm gonna be watching it in the next week or two I'm kind of intrigued to be the type uh, what I will say here. there
1: is next year are you watching Hocus Pocus 2 or Hocus Pocus
3: Hocus Pocus
1: and would you ever watch Hocus Pocus 2 over Hocus Pocus
3: no do you know what I will actually do what I'll put Hocus Pocus on and go oh, do you know what I'm gonna dig my fucking eerie Indiana box out of, this, out of the loft and watch that instead
1: <laughs> fair enough fair
3: then the thing is, neither of them are great. Hocus Pocus is better than Hocus Pocus 2, without a doubt. But neither of them are fucking stone-cold fucking classics, are they?
1: So they've, they've, they've done Hocus Pocus 2, yeah. they're doing a Sister Act 3, they did a Mighty Ducks TV series rather than just a film, which was a bad idea. So
2: which one are they doing next? High School Musical the series. I think they'll do a
1: High School Musical one. I think there'll be a High School Musical coming out soon. There's been too much of like various members of the cast Mm. over the past few months taking photos and posting on their Instagram outside outside venues that they shot it at.
3: Mm. Yeah, could be.
1: Yeah, I I I thought that they might do Sandlot or Sandlot Kids as it was called in the UK. but the fact that there then might be some issues with licensing from Major League Baseball might make that a problem. Right. But I could see them doing that.
3: Mm. I want to make a Muppet Babies movie. That that shit was trippy as fuck.
1: Muppet Babies was a weird time as well. Yeah, it was. On.
3: was it's good though.
1: Yeah. Well, let's not go down that route. I learned a lot. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> so, our final feature review. So, fucking, we're going for a beastie one this week, aren't we? <laughs>
2: We're we're going pretty long.
1: It's good. Amsterdam is written and directed by a prick. um, And it stars some people. So it stars a lot of people. Um,
2: Yeah, and just before we continue, we are very, very aware of all the fucking heinous shit that David O. Russell may or may not Mm. have done. And if you are at all triggered by, and I, I mean this quite sincerely, by the talk of David O. Russell, feel free to skip this review. We will not be offended. No. Like it, He's a figure I don't particularly like talking about.
1: Yeah, and but, I'm, I'm a little yeah. bit baffled as to why... I, I have a feeling in, in ten years' time we're going to have a whole Woody Allen thing with David O. Russell.
3: I'm quite surprised. Yeah, yeah. we don't It couldn't... feels like, and, it's I, coming, and right? I'm
1: already a little bit going. Yeah, I feel a little bit. This probably, I yeah, I I, I feel a little bit hypocritical. Um,
3: watching
1: this, watching his films, mm. and maybe I need to. I maybe I need to reassess that. But but, but, but yeah, that will yeah. be after a few Amsterdam, because <laughs> I'm going to throw my fucking yeah. hypocrite vomit all over the fucking microphone now. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's well, let's just fucking run through. Uh, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anna Taylor Joy, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timmy Oliphant, uh Andrew Riseberh, Taylor Swift, Matthew, Schunahart, uh Raymond Malik and Robert De Niro are just some of the names that crop up. <laughs> um Oh, Alessandro uh, Nivola as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. IMDB, here we fucking go. In the 1933 Friends, Witness a Murder, a frame for it, and undercover one of the most outrageous plots in American history.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Yep, Yep. fair enough, IMDB. Let's go for that. Um, Ian. Amsterdam. I know we don't do the question things uh, but I'm going to ask you a question and but I want you to just say yes or no and then you can go into what you thought of the movie um, mm-hmm. Nazi Anya Taylor-Joy was that a kink that you don't like that you now have?
2: No, maybe not quite the Nazi but Anya Taylor-Joy being really into Robert De Niro <laughs> is kind of a kink I kind of. have yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I
1: read that that was literally because Alitalia Joe was just really excited about meeting Robert De Niro, and so they decided to write it into the film. I, a bit. I mean, I
2: <laughs> kind of yeah. believe it.
1: Yeah. Amsterdam. What did you think?
2: I liked it. I I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Um all right look just absolutely separating the art from the artist here you know and i i think there is maybe a conversation like if david or russell actually gets something made again maybe there is a conversation that we need to have about whether we cover it or not um and that it's not to be clear it's not that anybody's reviewed this under duress it just there's an ick factor to all of that that's really 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 started becoming apparent Mm. and uh yeah um i i liked the film i'm annoyed that i did um i wish that i could say it was a just a reprehensible piece of shit but i i'm 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 not um if you don't want to see Amsterdam, and it seems like not a lot of people wanted to see Amsterdam, and in a way, I'm I'm glad. You know, because of the David o. Russell thing, but at the same time, um, I I'm annoyed that it's written and directed by this particular person, because I feel like that if it wasn't, maybe the fact that it's a relatively high budget studio film with a shitload of stars that isn't a superhero film and isn't an adaptation of something would be celebrated a bit more. And I absolutely 100% get why it's not. Absolutely. And I'm sure you guys may, I don't know what you guys thought of this film. It may be that other people on this recording think that Amsterdam's a piece of shit. I thought it was messy. I thought it was woolly. I thought it was long but weirdly I didn't think it was too long um, but I th- a lot of people have been talking about how hard to follow the film is I I didn't think that I thought it was alright it feels patched together there's an awful lot of voiceover. I don't I 100% would believe that there wasn't a finished screenplay at the time that they started shooting and they did a lot of stuff in post but I laughed quite a lot, people in my audience laughed quite a lot I thought it looked great, shot by Emmanuel Lubezki. Um I thought that the central trio were charming I enjoyed the supporting performances I thought Amsterdam was decent and I'm actually kind of annoyed with myself that I did but hey, there you go Becky yes, Amsterdam
3: um same question <laughs> yeah, it's a real difficult one, isn't it? like i I liked Amsterdam, but I'm uh, thinking about it post coming out of the movie, Do I like Amsterdam for the story? nah, the story's a fucking mess do I like Amsterdam because I really fucking like Christian Bale, Margot Robbie and John David Washington and they're really quite good at selling what they're given yeah, I mean and granted what they're yeah. given is written for them but they do an awful lot with a real messy fucking story you know and it's I'm I'm not a big David or Russell fan even before I knew the, the allegations against him um I think his his movies are very self satisfied. They've got they've got a very oh look look at me I'm great I'm going to make a whole movie about a vacuum cleaner saleswoman. It, it just it, it just doesn't do it for me. And is it disappointing that to see a movie that puts Christian Bale. Um, John David Washington and Margot Robbie together—you have to watch a David O. Russell movie. Yeah, it is, and it w- not got to the stage of boycott yet, where people won't work with them. And unfortunately, they, they are a draw because they're very good at what they do. But yeah, I think, like from a writing point of view, which w- was was all him. I don't think it's great. I don't think the story's compelling. It's the performances that are compelling. Mm,
2: I agree with that. It's 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 you take away David o. Russell It's cool seeing these people in this film and every ten minutes or so it's another bloody hell, there's that mm. person. Like the sheer oh, It's
3: fucking stacked. Bloody
2: hell that Yeah, yeah, it is. And they're all locked in. I do think at
1: points though that is a when it when when every character every character pretty much
3: is someone is someone. But it's distracting. I
1: think that's distracting mm. to a movie, and I think it got distracting yeah. a little bit here.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I
2: have gotta say, if if COVID hadn't happened, I think I'd be more, yeah. It was distracting and I didn't enjoy it. And it's just like, I i know we're post-pandemic or still in the pandemic, but it's not as, you know, whatever period we're in, just seeing a film that is a legit all-star cast, there is kind of a thrill to it in in the sense of, was that ever ever going to happen like you know a couple of years back it was a question of like is this kind of shit ever going to happen again
3: can i sidebar for one second just what? with what you were saying about the pandemic mm. apparently mm. experts that monitor this kind of thing are really concerned about a covid spike coming because yankee candle reviews have gone down <laughs> and apparently before what? every spike previously yankee candles that were getting sold were getting bad reviews because people were saying that they didn't smell very strongly and it was actually that they had asymptomatic apart from a loss of smell covid so apparently people are really watching the yankee candle reviews (laughs) (laughs) sorry i just thought i'd throw that in there
2: i mean that's something though isn't it I don't know whether that's, like, weirdly dystopian <laughs> or very funny. I can't decide. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's that fine line between that's quirky and fucking horrifying at yeah. the same time. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. I just thought I'd throw a bit of humour into the uncomfortableness that is reviewing a movie by this man. Um, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I agree, it, it, it's messy, um... I weirdly think that the, the the worst part of the film is the Amsterdam bit.
3: <laughs> Fair enough, yeah.
1: Um, sure. I, yeah. I, I felt that that was a little bit... Um, it was a bit twatty. Mm. And it was a bit... It, it has these moments within um, films where he can be a bit... They can go a bit twatty. So... It, that reminded me mostly of um it felt very I Heart Huckabees, mm. That section. Sure. Where it was um it was David O. Russell doing his Wes anderson thing. Yes. That he can do at points. Mm. And the problem is even as somebody who doesn't like Wes Anderson, he's not that good at it.
0: Mm. He's not Man, good not at the the quirky. colony yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: It just comes across as feeling a little bit smart but not in like a good way.
3: In a self-satisfied way. Yeah. yeah. In a
1: oh I'm going to have a make up this nonsense song. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really? You're going to do a nonsense song are you? Really? Like you've invented the idea of it.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, and yeah, um, and then like the the fact that that bit's in French, and the fact that for some reason, you know, John David Washington's character, and Christian Bale's character, both just speak French.
3: Well, they were in France for the war.
1: Right, cool. Yeah, I'm sure all American GIs learned French. Um,
2: oh, yeah. What the, I don't know, they. I, yeah. uh,
1: they like, might I speak a bit, but the fact that they seemed quite fluent in French yeah. seemed a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, the down Stand bit I didn't like, but then. Um, but I enjoyed it enough. It's one of those. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, but, like a lot of David Russell films. Will I ever watch it again? No, probably not. Will I ever think, oh, I might watch this again, and then hover over it and go, even taking away the reasons why I wouldn't watch it now? Yeah. Um, will I hover over it and go? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I've done several times with Sublime's play, but recently, mm. I've hovered over it and gone, I've, I'm, no.
3: Do you know I'm just real glad about? What? That this isn't John David Washington, Christian Bale and Jennifer fucking Lawrence. Why? Because she did a few bits with him, didn't she? Yeah. She's not got the moxie to pull this off.
1: Maybe not anymore, no.
3: Well, she never really had the...
1: I don't know, there's some good bits in American Hustle.
3: Eh, I don't like that film.
2: Alright, fine. Um, yeah, but American Hustle has a science oven. them. <laughs> It does. American Hustle,
1: I still claim this is amazing. The only award American Hustle didn't get nominated for was Best Hair and Makeup and the entire movie is Hair and Makeup. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That is weird.
1: Um, yeah, it, it. all the cast involved and are all going for it. Um, Bale, I think, he's fantastic.
2: Yeah. is fantastic. He's great. He,
1: he's really good at it. The fact that he is just... He's not doing any of the bits for more nefarious means. He is just doing them because he gives a shit about being a veteran.
3: I feel like this is a film, though, where he didn't have to go method and go halfway down the machinist route again.
2: Probably not. I don't... I thought you were going to say, like, in losing <laughs> I,
3: I, I
1: don't think he can. Yeah. I don't think he can not. I did find it... Did... Have you seen his GQ interview yet, yeah, Ian? Yeah. I, 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 I did like the fact that he... I was watching that going, Ian's going to be nodding along to a lot of what he's saying about making Thor love and Thunder.
0: <laughs>
1: but he wasn't.
2: Oh, that like. But he wasn't yeah. disparaging
1: against it. Screen. Which was quite. He, he wasn't slanging off. He was just going, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. They were basically saying, mm. no, you need to be on stage four and you're on stage six. He's like, what's the difference? They're all just blue. <laughs>
3: Can we just talk for a minute about how fucking smouldering John David Washington is all the way through this?
1: I mean, can we just talk about how smouldering John David Washington you is? In
3: general,
1: yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, I think one thing that they don't... That, you know, I, 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 a lot of reasons to, to like tenor, but I'm essentially going, hey, look at this guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's great. The thing is, yeah. he is one of the most down-to-fuck people you've ever seen yeah. on screen. But he's not propositioning anyone. No. It's just like if any, if anyone asked him at any point in any of his films, "Hey, you want to fuck?" He'd be like, "Yeah,
3: sure." because he's in <Yeah>. love with Margot Robbie's <laughs> character. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but, no, know. Uh,
1: but, but every female that he runs into in this movie would want to fuck him.
3: Like, right? Can I just point out? Like, I like Margot Robbie, and I like her in this. I think she's very good in it. She is very much doing her best Rachel Vice in Brothers Bloom impression.
1: Ooh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The it, hat it's got a bloomy vibe. vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair point on that, actually. Yeah. John David Washington
2: would fuck yeah. out as well.
1: And, 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 and Daniel Craig would probably go. do You know what? Fine with this. I'm
3: all right with it. I understand. Fine, Fine with this. Uh, I reckon they've got a list. I've do seen ten celebrity couples have a list. Yeah,
1: but they're the ones who can actually, actually fucking do, do it. it yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: Uh, I I I enjoyed it. I will never watch it again. Yeah.
3: Um, I enjoyed it, and I felt icky for enjoying it.
1: I, I, I. Do you know what? Do you know what I thought was really good in it? Oh,
3: please don't say Taylor fucking Swift.
1: No, nah, she was f- Mike fine. Myers. I'm not the same. Mike Myers. It, 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 his his cameos
2: in things where he's doing a British voice.
3: Oh, I thought I really liked Mike Myers in this. And so- I hate him in stuff, but I really uh, liked it. I, I thought it was this.
2: fine. It hit me. Him and Michael Shannon yeah. talking about bird watching. <laughs> whenever they started talking about that, was yeah. fucking ace. I liked Ray
1: Malik in it. Oh fuck off! I liked Ray Malik. Really? Yeah.
2: He's thought,
3: awful in it. I thought
1: he
2: was good.
3: That sucked back chin thing what, that you because, can't
2: not do he's anymore. Like the most. Because he's like the most obvious secret Nazi yeah. of all time. Like, if, oh. that's it. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. All right, i, I, I watched go, it going going. Yeah. What he? I'm much good. He's
1: never not going to be able to play a villain now because he's just, he is just... He is a living Bond villain and he's played a Bond villain.
2: It's just every single fucking thing that Rami Malek says, whether on film or not, I just respond with, OK, fine, just don't hurt my family."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Can you imagine him going into the bank? And, like, what well, to deposit a cheque, you'd be there going, I don't... What's going
0: on? Yeah.
1: Is, 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 yeah. Am I going to... Is the cheque poisoned?
3: He's such. A, he's just such an icky, uncomfortable screen presence.
2: But... It'd just, it just be like, I'd like to deposit this cheque for £50. Pounds. Yeah, but it'd be a right weird is my number. Okay? Is like okay? Oh. It'd be like $7.14, yeah, it...
1: and he'd tell you what it was for, and you'd be going, oh, no... I don't. I don't trust that you sold some fishing gear on eBay, sent him it, and allowed you to send him a cheque, and then he did. Why? What's going on?
3: You you know he'd, when you're you're like oh he'd... from thinking from talking about this film, it's lost a star for me. Yeah, you've lost a star for me on my respect scale. I'm <laughs> on half star.
2: <laughs> I gotta say. The bit where Taylor Swift is thrown under (laughs) the car and then they just somehow do a weird cut where it's obviously some sort of inflatable (laughs) model. Like, I don't get what happened there where they just made it suddenly look shit.
3: Gimmick casting. I don't like it.
2: I mean, it was fucking weird. It was. Like... That it is just like right okay. There's Taylor Swift. What's Taylor Swift doing here? Oh, Taylor Swift's dead now. Okay,
3: <laughs> but the fact that she couldn't deliver a line without leaning really far forward.
2: But I think that was direction.
3: Well, was shit, direction. I mean, uh,
2: but Taylor Swift can lean far forward as much as she fucking wants, Becky. You, you just let her go. <laughs> I
1: I think that's because that's because they didn't realise how tall she was and they set up for uh, a shorter person. Yeah, yeah, she is quite small. Um, yeah. It it's it. it I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, but that's about it. Mm. Gonna say something mildly
2: controversial.
3: Do you want to do a click first in case you need to cut it out?
2: What? Just sweet David O. Russell. No, didn't think Margot
1: Robbie was that great. Thought she was fine. She wasn't bad.
3: The thing is, she's just Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, and up the place, which is a, a fun time. She's a she's a fun personality to spend time with.
1: Yes, but I did feel like I was spending time with Margot Robbie yeah, yeah. rather than a character. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I get that. I get that.
1: Which makes no sense because I like what I really like about Margot Robbie is that I know nothing about her outside of her.
3: She needs being to do something. A that
1: massive
2: movie star. Maybe
3: displays a bit of range because she she. I'm oh, Barbie. No, because that's going to be all bubbly and fucking effervescent as well, isn't it?
2: What about Babylon? Babylon. Babylon. Do a shitload yeah, of coke. Yeah. Very much looking forward to Babylon. She's going to fight a fucking snake.
3: I think this is a thanks. I hate it for me, but for completely different reasons than it normally would be.
1: That's a fair comment.
2: <sighs> yeah,
3: yeah,
2: that's a good compromise. Yeah,
1: yep. I'm down with that. Um, our audience poll was.
3: Can I just reiterate, though? I find it baffling that with what's out there about this man, actors of the calibre and the pedigree that are in this are willing to work with him. It's a weird one. It's baffling.
1: It's weird. Uh, our audience post, definitely not shit, 43%. Touching cough, 14%. And shit, 43%. Um...
2: Is it... Oh, I don't want to get into it, but is it just be- like because it's like... Nothing has been proven, but the only reason why it hasn't been proven is because there's not like apparently enough evidence. Is 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 that what it is where like technically they're like, well by the letter of the law he hasn't done anything mm. wrong. I think there's a
1: little bit of that. Is, is that I think like... it, it was what people used as an excuse to work at Woody Allen for years. Mm. Yeah. But... And then it just kinda of caught up with it.
0: Yeah.
1: I think there's an element of that. I also think there's an element of I think some of these people just live in a fucking bubble.
3: It makes me really sad though because there's a lot of people in this that I actually respect. And I'd, I'd understand it if it was kind of good actors that were kind of trash people. But there's, there's people in this that I actually don't think are trash people.
1: Mm. Yeah, the thing is sort of new people coming to work with him. So people like I Can I to Joy, for instance. Mm. It would be interesting to know if she had any idea and if now she would ever work with him again.
2: You do wonder if they're they're just not online yeah. people, and their people just don't tell yeah. them. They can't
3: all not be not online people?
2: I, you, you, why why are you going to go online? Taylor
3: Swift's We're, a very online people.
1: Yeah, but she also is a very much. I mean, a, 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 yeah, but I'm. I'm she, she
3: she she pretends to answer fans by getting her assistants to do it all the time.
1: She loved Tumblr, though, didn't she? <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's a weird one, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a weird period of time.
3: Oh, dear. When literally
1: she came off Tumblr, Tumblr stopped, dropped. Stopped. Yeah, I mean I that. Think and the stuff like part of it
3: used to like back in those days. I reckon she probably did reply herself. I don't. I don't think she does anymore.
1: I don't.
2: No, I don't. She's got time.
3: No, she's too busy putting on red lipstick after red lipstick.
2: <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, Leaning into cameras because she's... So <laughs>
1: yeah, just, yeah. I was you totally think I'm, I'm, I'm like five fucking ten here, and you've got... You set this up for a five-fiver.
3: <laughs> but you're a girl.
1: <laughs> uh, which I think that I wouldn't be surprised if, if David Russell said that.
3: You look so tiny from a, from pictures and things. It's just because I'm very, very skinny.
1: Uh, so I asked the question, or we asked the question. Uh, our question for you guys this week is, what is your favourite historical epic? Rick Kidd says whilst I'm partial of those big World War II ensemble dramas like The Great Escape and A Bridge Too Far I go for the trio of Lawrence of Arabia Spartacus and El Seed um, Andrew Jones says does Zodiac count by now hell yeah, yeah.
0: that's a great <laughs> answer I don't know.
1: it's a fucking good answer I think yeah um, Lawrence of Arabia best of cinema um, Brian Serf says Napoleon the 1927 film um, Zombie Vish says Last of the Mohicans, it's gorgeous and the score is cracking, and that fucking ending kills me every goddamn time. It's so a good shout. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what, what, what are your guys' ones?
3: I don't know for sure, but my for mind sure. immediately went to Saving Private Ryan.
1: Well, fair enough.
3: Because it, it's just got that epicness <laughs> to it, it's got a real sense of scale as, mm. as Saving Private Ryan. I want to stick with that.
1: Fair point. Mm. Ian, have you got any?
2: Yeah, to me, it's, so it's got to be based on a true life thing, hasn't it? I suppose.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, i I've I, I put a gif of the mummy. No. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: well, that's true. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> um... Is that a future epic or a historical one?
3: I think that's future. It's a
1: long time yeah, ago about, in a galaxy yeah, far away. Yeah, a long time ago, away. isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's an epic. It's a
2: historical epic. It's
3: not true, though.
2: How'd you know? We <laughs> haven't got it's there yet. Leave us the mummy.
3: What, too far, far a, a long time ago? Yeah. What <laughs> the oh, fuck? Oh, you're an idiot. What's yours?
2: I don't know. To be fair, I'm the one who said the Empire's back. How <laughs> <Yeah. on>, come <didn't laughs> I still got called an idiot? Because
3: you didn't say... <laughs> It happened a long time ago. We haven't got there yet.
2: Oh, okay. No, I didn't say that. To be fair, Bex, Saving Private Ryan was set in World War II, but that story didn't actually happen.
3: Yeah, but the war did.
2: All right, fine. I'll say Apocalypse Now. Oh, that's it's a,
1: good a good one. one. I mean, literally my favourite movie of all time. But I wasn't including war movies in my brain for some reason. Mm. But yeah, Apocalypse Now. Still
3: in Ian's (laughs) answer.
1: Wow, okay. Uh, Questions we got asked. Uh, Rick Kidd, if you were making a film, which city would you look to include as a location? For me, I'd go San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz, the hilly streets would make some great backdrops. Ian, me and you share the same answer. New York. New York
2: in the winter, winter, snowy as fuck. Let's go.
1: Betty, what's yours? No. You're going to set a film. Well, yours is going to be a horror film, isn't it? And it's probably going to be New Orleans.
3: I like that, but I'm also on a real Stephen King kick, so I'd, I'd want New what England. What, in Castle Rock? Yeah. I don't exist. think that's a real place. New Englandy so, vibes, though. Autumnal.
1: Autumnal. Yeah. In New England. Yeah. Everyone's City eating City in New England doesn't boys. really... What?
3: Everyone's eating lobster poor boys.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Dex, I'll be honest, I think that's a really disappointing Sorry. answer.
3: I don't really know what, what, right. what cities would count.
2: Any city? <laughs> Any city in the fucking world.
3: Um, I don't fucking know. I don't really think about these things in the way you guys do. It's not so just like, oh my god, this, I want to set a film in New York. New York is amazing. New York's grimy and there's rats. But it
1: looks fucking great in winter.
2: No. Right, Bex, this is on a level with Jordan saying that the best movie death was that one in Miller's Crossing, isn't (laughs) it? You can't say the city you'd want to set a film in is not just not a real city, but isn't a city. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point.
1: Are you Googling cities in New England?
3: Sure. You are. (laughs) Oh, Providence. Providence sounds good. Providence? Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that.
2: Fuck off.
1: (laughs) Fucking hell. You're going to say it in Providence. You're going to set a Stephen King style, what is it, that is just going to be Boston Irish people shouting about (laughs) WAPS.
2: What? Really going to be showcasing the... Beautiful location. <laughs> the fucking ghettos of Providence.
3: Alright, we'll go for banger then.
1: Banger. Yeah. Because it's banger man. Yeah. Fair enough. It's we're Stephen King
3: list. You're very
1: leaning into the Stephen King thing at the world. Yeah, you. I'm really
3: loving it.
2: That's not fair enough. <laughs> That's not fair we enough. We made a
3: list the other day, Ian. We went through the whole of Stephen King's bibliography and made a list of things that I have in paperback, have in hardback and don't have, so that I have a buying list. It's very exciting times.
2: Can, Look, I point I mean, out, can I put out it was my B-U idea as well? The what a fucking question, Bex. Like, <laughs>
1: Andrew Jones, who would win a fight between Miss Harris Goes to Paris and Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I mean, Lyle Loud Crocodile is I a mean, crocodile.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's the answer. Mrs Harris Goes to Paris may change the face of Christian Dior, but Lyle Lyle Crocodile can eat Mrs Harris. Yeah but
3: she could use her fashion connections to get him made into some boots.
2: That's a good point and she could literally just walk around. What? So she'd use her fashion connections to hire expert crocodile murderers. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> or she'd just shoot him or stab him Whoa. with like a hat pin. I have no like I don't even know what a Lyle, Lyle Crocodile is.
1: Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I don't know what it is. You've seen the trailer for it? I don't
3: think I have. I've have blanked it out of my memory. But then she Crocodile
1: you... played by Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes? Mendes.
3: Oh, God, yeah. Well, then hopefully Mrs. fucking Harris.
1: <laughs> what about if it was Sam Mendes, still Mrs. Harris?
0: <laughs> fucking
2: Sean
3: Mendes, anyway. I, I, I reckon she... I reckon
2: CG she... Crocodile just directing <laughs> 1970 Mrs. <laughs> Harris Paris <laughs> <Harris>, Super <laughs> <Harris, you've seen. laughs>
3: I reckon she'd come out swinging with like a crocodile handbag and matching pair of boots in her head, and she'd just fucking wrestle it, kill it, and then just give it I to mean, the people that could make it. I'm rooting for. I this mean, attack. in that
2: situation, it's the surprise alone. <laughs> you know, the crocodile making 1917 is very surprised when Missus Harris parachutes in and fucking murders with a hat it. Pit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I... the,
2: the points at Christian Dior and goes hat shoes.
1: I
3: don't think you want I'm a dalskin skin hat. That would so, be
2: like a fucking rain on. hat. So, alright, are we saying then that if Lyle Lyle Crocodile is played by Sam Mendes then Mrs. Harris wins? If Lyle Lyle Crocodile was played by Sean Mendes for Mrs. then Harris Lyle Lyle Crocodile no, wins? No, I, yeah, no I, think, I think, yeah, that's where we've landed on it. Why does
3: Sean Mendes win?
2: Mrs. Harris wins in both yeah. variations. Yeah. It's just we want a okay, more good and for, more. Good for Mrs. Harris. There you go. That's a definitive answer, not like Betty's last <laughs> <first> one.
1: <laughs> Zombie Vish, have you folks explored Hong Kong Cat 3 films? And if so, what are some of your faves?
2: Vish, we've, we've known each other virtually for years. Hi, my name is Ian. Do you think I'd ever seek out those films?
3: What are these guys? What are these? I want to watch them now.
1: Oh, I have seen Come some of this. these actually, yeah. Yeah, of
2: course. Yeah.
1: I've seen Golden Lotus. What are they? They're, they're, well, they're not, they're, yeah.
3: Like real, like real thick shit.
1: Yeah. And I believe I have seen Possessed.
3: I don't want to see Devil Fetus now.
1: Right, so now Becky is going to go through a marathon of watching.
3: Nah, I've got too much Stephen King adaptations to watch.
1: I've not watched a lot of them. No. Uh, ooh, actually, no, we might have watched some more, actually. I think we've watched quite a few of these.
3: Oh, Dumplings. Dumplings is great.
1: Yeah, we, Dog bite Dog we've watched.
3: Yeah.
1: Lust Caution. Yeah. Yeah, all right, we've watched a few of these. <laughs>
3: nice oh Dumplings is fucking sick election makes you feel dirty Three Extremes you?
2: yeah yeah a lot we've watched quite a few of these I think I've seen Dumplings I've seen Three Extremes as Mad well detective. I feel
3: like if you if you rewatch Dumplings you'd
1: Sex and Zen Nude Fear really intrude. actually him. I've seen quite a few of these yeah I've y- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: yeah I watched Dumplings in my film student days
1: yeah oh no. god yeah fucking Tartan Asia Extreme <laughs>
3: It's a fucking yeah, staple in our house for so a bit extreme,
1: there, on yeah. it. It's, yeah, if we went through our DVDs, there's a lot of We've got whilst. dumplings. We do and have lost dumplings. Caution. And less caution. Uh, and Mad Detective, I believe. And Three Extremes. I believe so we've got Dog Bite Dog and Exiled as well.
3: So basically the answer is we really enjoyed them in our youth, but we might be a little bit different now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think. Do
3: you want to do you want to test the theory?
1: No, not oh. right, thanks, mate. <laughs> Ian, what are we covering next week?
3: <laughs> Dumplings. Um, <laughs> Honestly, Halloween ends, doesn't
2: uh, it? Well, Halloween ends. Oh, I really want to get excited th- for that this movie. Weekend.
3: I'm really struggling with getting excited. I'm for looking that movie. forward to it. Mm. The last one was just. It's gonna be weak, good. I want to rewatch it. Yeah.
1: To see if I should be binge first.
3: You are often minge faced.
1: Uh, I could make so, a lot of yeah, jokes there, Halloween. but I'm above that.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Solid. <laughs> uh, we've we've got Halloween ends, and depending on how many LFF films I see, I might just do like a separate podcast. So I'm just not just boring the arse <laughs> off of people, or you two. <laughs> never buy because there's potentially a lot so we'll we'll see i'm also gonna have to try and non-spoiler my way through glass onion which almost feels like i give the cast list and say whether it was definitely not shit (laughs) touching cloth or definitely (laughs) shit and then move on might be a little bit of that Um, yeah (laughs) yeah a little bit of that um so we'll see um but yeah, you'll have my uh, you'll have my thoughts on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, the music Doc Meet Me in the Bathroom, the um uh real life lynching drama Till. Uh that's gonna be fun. Um, it looks good. It doesn't look and fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Um and uh, others uh so whatever else I'm able to get to So, yeah, but uh, Halloween Kills, I think, is the only one that is, like, a main review next week.
1: Yep. Right, so we'll have that, and we'll have the next episode of um, Lockstock and Three Smoking Bastards.
3: You'll have me on what we've been watching, saying, I haven't watched an awful lot of films this week, because Flanagan's Midnight Club Club dropped on Netflix. Oh,
1: that's alright,
3: isn't it? Yes. Is it a TV show? Yes.
1: Ah, fuck that shit, then. Um... Right, thank you very much for listening, guys. I did all of the you should listen to this and you should do this uh, at the start of the show, which seems like a long time ago. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this and we shall speak to you next week. Thank you very much, Rebecca.
3: Thanks, Mark. And
1: thank you very much, Ian. There and we shall go. speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.